pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Ramble by the River. My guest today is none other than Jeff Hilton. Jeff was the first guest I had on Ramble by the River, and he was also part of the reason I started the show. We had originally talked about doing a podcast together called Jeff and Jeff Incorporated which is a little outfit we put together as 10-year-olds. We never really did figure out what Jeff and Jeff Incorporated actually did. But you never know, maybe it's podcasting. Because after today, I really think he's got a future in it. It just felt so smooth. Everything was good, we were clicking. Uh, We really got into some cool areas. I think it's going to be a great show, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Tell me what you think. I really need to hear that feedback. You guys probably noticed that I took down an episode or two last weekend. And I'm not going to get into why, but there was a few different reasons. One of them being a little bit of what I think could probably be misconstrued as copyright infringement. So you know what? I had to take out some of that aristocrat talk, aristocrats talk, which was really just a joke between me and my brother anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be in there. We both got to enjoy it. And uh, beyond that, you know, I had some negative reviews, and that will happen, but it, it shook me a little more than I expected, and yeah, I'm, st- I'm dealing with it, but you know, I went back and forth about how to handle it, and I felt like at that time, the best thing to do was just to pull it, because it was hurting somebody I cared about. So I did, um, and I'm going to put it back. I feel like... I've had enough people tell me now that it it was not that bad and it talked about some stuff that was helpful. So I'm going to put it back. I'm going to take out the part that could have got me in trouble and I'm going to put it back up. But anyway, this episode today that you're about to hear really, really refreshed me on the whole thing. I, I really cannot thank Jeff enough for coming in and being so honest with me and just telling telling his story and sharing his experience and letting me do the same. He's one of my very best friends. I think he's one of the very best people. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. So without further ado, um, oh, but before I go, you know, hit me up on Instagram at Ramble by the River. Hit me up on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. I'm on Facebook too. Search for Ramble by the River or Jeff Nesbitt. And also look for Jeff Hilton on Facebook as soon as he finds his password. All right. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I love you. Thanks. Without further ado, Jeff Hilton. Turn it up a little bit. A, B, C, D, E. Is that better? That's definitely better. Even go just a hair more just to... That breathing tube they stuck down my throat. It's had my throat still messed up, so there's you know doing some throat clearing a lot and coughing. And well, that's actually an excellent transition. We'll pick up on that. Why? Oh, why was wait, there a we, breathing tube in your throat? Wait, are we starting? Yeah, let's start. When? Right now. Right now. So ramble part two. There's no. Uh, I didn't get the, a bell or a whistle or anything. It's just we just go. No pot of gold. Oh, there will be a pot of gold. I mean, are we gonna do, <clears throat> pot of gold. Do we even know who I am? 
Um, I do, for sure. Mm. I'll never forget you. Um, Kind of made it hard to forget. (laughs) So welcome, everybody, to this special edition episode of Ramble by the River. And today I'm in the studio with my good buddy, Jeffrey Hilton. And we're just here because we can be. And yeah, that's really the only reason. So we wanted to talk a little bit, just get a little update on Jeff's life. Because after the last episode, which was very well received, we haven't really heard much about Jeff. So I've been curious. I know you guys have been curious. So here we go. This is a a special edition. So we're going to launch this one as soon as it's finished instead of waiting till uh, the regular release date. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. And here we go. Jeff, welcome for uh, welcome to the podcast and thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a, like a rambling on the river. A little, you know, there's a little joke that fell flat. A little water, a little water humor. Yeah. Um speaking of the river, you've been doing any crabbing? Uh, I was. I dumped gear and then uh was going to last couple of years I've been freelancing for people. Uh filling in for guys or taking a job when somebody quits uh it's worked out really well for me kind of pissed off some of the other deckhands but uh how come uh because they're you know like oh you don't have to do gear work and you don't have to do it full time but the money's been about the same and uh yeah ever since i quit working for jay kino on uh, johnny a i haven't really found a home that i wanted to be at full time and i'm not gonna really fish much longer anyway so uh i've heard that out. before <laughs> hasn't everybody that's what everybody says that that's my question it seems like you kind of uh have decided at some point that this you don't want to be a a lifer for fisher for as a fisherman but at the same time you tend to be really good at it and people keep wanting to hire you and give you a bunch of money to come do it so you end up doing it again is uh is the decision to like only have one foot in to not fully engage is that decision keeping you from being able to establish yourself and like in the profession yeah certainly uh so i committed to one more year in bristol bay with uh with dustin star uh who i've really enjoyed working with but uh you know in the meantime it's like oh it's gonna be hard to look for a job when i'm not gonna be available for that job for what six months five months yeah from now uh so yeah it has it has made it um it has made it tough and uh but the fact is i'm not gonna do it long term i mean i'm not gonna run a boat or buy a boat i have no desire to and your lifespan on deck is limited a lot of times by you know how you feel physically you're like an nfl running back kind of it takes the beating i know any other fisherman who's out there especially the guys who crab down here uh can speak to it you know their bodies get messed up i mean it's physical job and it's it's on one hand you think it's good for you but you don't get the recovery time at all, and that's the biggest thing. And the second thing is you're doing the same motions over and over, and they're kind of restricted uh, range of motion. You don't ever really get to stretch or roll out. You're kind of wedged in at the rail, uh, just dumping pots, you know, yeah. one way. You don't take yoga breaks? No, there ain't no yoga breaks. Yeah. Uh, Maybe and, start incorporating the yoga breaks. Just, you know, put it, present the idea to, to the next few captains you work for, see how it goes. Well, I... Uh, for some reason, you know, maybe it's because I'm a bigger guy, but people in the fishing community actually give me a lot of grief for being fit and uh-huh. for working out, which seems kind of intuitive to me. Uh, like, oh, yeah, it's way better for you to just drink and do drugs and stay up all night and party than to actually try and take care of yourself while you're doing the job. I've done the job, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I've done the job on drugs, off of drugs, uh, and it's 
the easiest way to do the job is when you're fit and strong and yeah taking care of yourself just it's like hard everything enough, else it's hard enough as it is with that um i've noticed that people want to do things as a group like uh maybe if we all just live this way where we eat a lot of hot pockets and drink a lot of beer maybe you know nobody will have time to sit there and think about that this might not be the best way to live um so they want you to do it with them yeah and they're always they never miss an opportunity i make fun of uh like my arms or something like that, which oh, is yeah. another thing that gets me going because I don't even bodybuild or work out like that. But uh, Yeah, but you squeeze the hell out of a lot of weights, so, and that just makes your arms big. Yeah, no, that's what I tell people. It's like I've been lifting half my life. Yeah, you're, you're not a bodybuilder. You're going to get some But some results. your body's going to build just from doing strength training. Well, in my genetics, the way my genetics, genetics work, it's like some people get strong and they don't get bigger. Uh, some people get strong uh, and they'll get you know leaner. Uh, I get, When I get strong, I... Uh, I put on a little bit of mass with it. Yeah, you kind of how it happens well. naturally. But I'm not, you know, trying to get bigger or anything like that. I'm, if I really think if I wanted to, I could put on well, 15 pounds. In what a are those months. body types called again? You got the ectomorph. Oh, the endomorph. Or endomorph. There's endo. Mesomorph and. I really don't know much about them. I just uh, I've heard those words a couple times. Yeah, they make sense. Like, I'm pretty sure the mesomorph is the one in the middle. That's where I've always felt I probably fall somewhere mm-hmm. in there where you you can build muscle and fat both pretty easily and lose it pretty easily yeah like you're pretty fluid I am yeah yeah it seems like you're one of those I, mean, I think I lost 10 pounds since last week I feel like I did and then if somebody like Eddie Nick was to go try to put on 30 pounds of muscle that'd be really hard for him yeah it oh would. boy he'd get strong as fuck too. oh he would he he's would. already probably stronger than me just being you know his size he is now yeah he's a he's a freak of nature absolutely you get those and i forget those what those endo i want to say endomorph but that doesn't sound right um i wish i had more to contribute to that i've just like i said i'm gonna look it up because this is actually an interesting thing that people might want to heard the words a couple hear about um while i'm doing that uh why don't you tell me what you've been up to man Oh, well, other uh, than fishing. Well, like I said, I went dumping gear and then was going to uh, do my normal thing where I wait for somebody to quit or fill in for guys or whatever. But uh, I had a little injury. Uh, and even though it's been a week, uh, people still won't let me on their boat for some What reason. was the injury? I had my appendix taken out. Oh, that's hardly an injury. That's that's a surgery. When it was gone, like there's nothing left to be injured. Uh-huh. The organ's gone. I don't see the problem. Oh, they're worried that you're going to cause a liability or you're going to be a liability and they'll have to take you in or something. Yeah, because there's, you know, it's not the stitches on the outside. It's the staples on the inside that everybody's worried about popping. But I've put it to the test. I mean, I took, I got it out last Monday and I took two days off and, uh, but That's I started just lifting, not very long though. I started lifting that Wednesday and, uh, I went up and closed a grave and they sell and I was like, man, I feel like garbage. I feel winded and out of shape and. Uh, just I, haven't I been working weak. up. Yeah, haven't it, been working out enough. But all that be, time off to get your appendix out. It's only been about five days, but just uh, something about having surgery, and I was only at the hospital for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely, yeah, I lost a hundred pounds in my squat and some other things. Uh, it seems like a lot of that is mental. Um, like if you hadn't been hospitalized and sick, like mm-hmm. what if you had just been like doing active recovery stuff for five days you think you still would have lost the strength or well, it kind of was because i like i lifted that friday was on the boat saturday uh sunday i had a light lift in the morning and then sunday night was when the appendix came on and 
oh, I held out till Monday morning. Uh, and then I had taken out Monday morning, took Tuesday completely off, and then got back at it Wednesday. So, like, normally, if I were to take that amount of time off, it would actually be more beneficial. Yeah. Like, it would give my chance, my body a chance to recover. Because uh, I usually deny it that just because I enjoy lifting. Um, but no, it definitely took a, there was some strength lost. Uh, my legs, were, I mean, they're skinny enough as it is, but they definitely shrunk. Oh, my, my old booty shrunk. Uh-huh. Uh, I take a lot of pride in my booty. The first time I saw your upper legs, dude, it shocked me. I, you, they seriously look like two raw turkeys <laughs> sitting there next to each other, all bulbous and bulgy. It was, it was almost, almost creepy how, how huge your legs were. And then to hear, to hear you say, call yourself chicken legs, it, it almost seems like you're just uh, maybe trying to bring up that image of, of two raw chickens <laughs> um, because it's, it's, you, you got big legs, man. You got big legs. <laughs> well, I try. Uh, I don't consider myself a vain person, but uh, you know, I, I damn don't it consider if you're you gonna, vain either. Damn it, if you're going to compliment me, that's the compliment I want. Is I don't. I don't think that legs. what you're going like you, the way you do that. I don't. I don't see that as vanity at all. I, I see it as like you're a goal-oriented person. Yeah, I'm going for numbers. Yeah, uh, whether it's a amount of weight lifted or a, a time in a certain workout, things like yeah. that. I, I write everything down and. A vain person, the goal is a certain look or a certain way they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. That's the dangerous one, the people who want to feel a certain way about themselves. So they try all the different methods of, you know, getting skinny or putting on muscle or Mm -hmm. getting fat or whatever to try to maintain that feeling. And that's vanity. Um, What you're doing, like, you're very realistic about your body. So, like, if if you've got a little extra body fat, you're happy to talk about that and not feel self-conscious about it or insecure about that. Um, which is definitely not vanity. If you were a vain person, you wouldn't be, you would try to hide it when you were feeling thick. Well, sometimes I wonder in my attempts not to be vain if that's a little vanity in itself. Uh, like I have two mirrors in my shop, that's mm-hmm. where my gym's set up, but they're all below waist. Get a peek at that cock. No, yeah, no, no. Oh. Well, I mean, maybe know, not if I'm feeling down, <laughs> but uh, no, it's more for light. Uh huh lighten the room up but I'll, be, I'll admit sometimes i sneak over there and throw a little flex up or nothing something. wrong with that man uh-uh. you no, put in the work you should get to enjoy it i don't think there is uh, i was checking my leg size but uh you ever measure with a tape no i haven't measured anything in a long time i haven't measured I in a long time because it just didn't keep, it just didn't seem to be getting any bigger um i'm like, i'm stuck here at this four inches and that's just it i mean wait wait you're talking about what are you talking about well i was talking about like i said the mirror's below waist so it's kind of anything down there is open i game. gotta cut that out <laughs> we can't be doing that <laughs> yeah no i don't want to i don't want to be talking about him um, but anyway yeah so uh yeah bouncing back from that just talking about my penis a little surgery and uh kind of i think i'll be back up to full strength here in a week but yeah no uh everybody at the portion knows about it and i had a couple people that needed help or something but they told me they wanted to wait a little longer until I was more recovered, so I, I got some time to kill, some free time. I heard they got a good price for yeah, it's four fifty, and that's why it's, this whole thing's kind of a bummer right now. Is I need to strike while the iron's hot, and uh, it's just like what are the, what are the odds that it happened right like the day before? Yeah, we started running gear. Isn't this the time of year when I mean, if if crab season would have started in December like it normally used to, um, by now it, the price would be going up anyway. Yeah. But and there I, wouldn't be as many crab left. No. So this maybe is a blessing in disguise. I think I think the volume's down, but uh, you know, I, I can't be quoted on that. But uh, it seems down from people I've talked to. Really? 
but you know these guys in Chinook have a good gig running the on the beach and uh, they can run a lot of pots in a day and uh, there's always crab on the beach to start mm -hmm. so uh, they got a good they got a deal going. they'll be fine the yeah. guys in Chinook will be good <clears throat> um, let's try to pay attention to the wave uh, if it's see though that's you on the bottom okay. that's me on the top and if it's you want that the peaks to hit somewhere right between like like right about where I'm hitting right now is good um, so if it's like real grumble little grumbly like this it'll be low i'll try and speak a little louder yeah That's push it better. push it out i'll push it out speak there with the go. diaphragm there you go yeah i tend to mumble it's a me too it's a dude i thought the last one we did was terrible for audio quality and people didn't complain about it oh well, that's good it could have been because they're like oh well yeah it's their first time yeah. it's not going to be perfect but i think i've listened to some pretty bad audio quality podcasts and once you get into it you don't really think about it much anymore you just kind of accept what it sounds like yeah you get you adjusted to it yeah kind of climatized to it oh i i meant to say this a minute ago but when you said striking while the iron's hot speaking of that i heard that you are starting to find a little bit of interest in bitcoin yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna join the party i'm gonna get some that's I, good i'll be honest i'm not interested enough in it to really you know, I've read some stuff on it and stuff. Nothing's really sticking. It's gonna. It's gonna not take... tickling that that manic itch. Yeah, uh, but I got other. Uh, you know, I got a portfolio, uh, so there's other things in Ooh, there besides look at you, Mister Portfolio. <laughs> La ti da with your portfolio. Well, you know, uh, it was kind of forced upon me. Uh, no, I just had to follow way, follow what my old man has done. Uh, he seems and to he, have a good head on his and shoulders. And he's helped me a lot out out with it. Um, but it's not, it, I wouldn't call it extensive. Uh, and I'm kind of in the dark with a lot of it. Uh, I don't, it's not, all that stuff's not really much of an interest to me. I mean, so it's, I think I'm going to have to develop that. Uh, Dude, I'll tell you what got me into it. It's, it's, there's been a change in the way that people do it. Like, so from the old traditional way was like what you're talking about with these portfolios. Um, it's like a stack of paper in somebody's file cabinet somewhere and you pay them a, a little chunk of your money to manage it for you right is this something what you're like what you're doing yeah not anymore nobody's managing it but oh. uh, yeah that, that's, that's how it used to be the way they have it set up now on things like the cash app and robin hood and fidelity has another good investment app it's all all the stuff that you own is right there in front of you you get to see it in real time you can see what it's worth today at this moment you can buy it sell it right there on the app all of it's centralized and it's all in your hands so instead of it feeling like this kind of distant thing that you have high hopes for, but you can't think about it too much because it'll be you'll be obsessed and you can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah, it's now this thing that you have all of the autonomy that you need, and you can invest the way you see fit. And it it like gamified it. And sure. It, all of a sudden, it's fun, and I it's like it when the market's doing good. It's hard for me not to just check it continuously. Yeah. Like just keep that app open on my phone and just watch my money grow. See, yeah. I actually try not to do that, uh -huh. uh, and part of that is because there's, I have so little control about what's going to happen. So, like, yeah. I, any money that I invest, I am willing to lose for one, uh, but it's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah, I don't have an impact over that. I can't control that, and so it bothers me. I don't want to get too into something uh, and obsess over something that I don't have that much control over. Uh, so, like, I'll check it and stuff. But if I got time to kill, you know, I'll go, I'll go watch a video on snatching or something like that. Uh, yeah. But I, I'll spend a few minutes on it. But I don't. Uh, it doesn't interest me enough to spend a lot of time 
working on it and and i got i got other things in my life that are like as far as priorities goes that's kind of how much time know, are you spending watching these snatch videos six or seven uh well now that i just got a smartphone what last what, oh, watch a, out man those snatch videos will give you viruses a week now. yeah well uh especially with since the appendix i haven't had there's been no snatching mm-hmm. which is i mean you'll get just, back out there man there's, there's, there's no a lot of fish at all. yeah yeah I, i'm trying to i am actually i've been retired from the dating scene for a couple years oh now. you knew i was talking about vaginas well, it's, I, we, you, it was kind of two birds with one stone. Yeah, it is. Uh, Bird in the hand, know. two in the bush, you know? Yeah, I, I haven't been snatching much. I'll Pun probably go snatch today, joke. but uh, haven't been getting a lot of action either. Just kind of retired from, from that whole scene for a little bit. Uh, Sabbatical? Yeah. But Let, letting it rest? Just putting myself out there again a little bit, slowly but surely. How does that work in COVID world? It's, I hate to... I hate to do it this way because I'm I'm an analog man in a digital world. But yeah, tell me about it. It is online. You know, I mean that's that's kind of how you have to do it, especially with the limited number of single people around here. Um, and I'm not a big. I don't really. I like going out in person anyway. Or if I do, like I'm not just gonna. I'm not the type of person just talk to a stranger. Uh, I'm not into the hookup culture, the hookup scene, anything like that. So yeah, it's kind of gross. I'm kind of like I said. I just started putting myself out there again so i'm trying to figure that out as i go it's kind of a mystery to me actually mm-hmm. but this is a platform Any ladies if you're out there oh they're out there jeff i'm available and they're looking i haven't been looking but now i'm looking and now they're all hot and bothered after all this snatch talk we've been doing oh i love to see them. get ready i'd love I've... to see their snatch yeah there's probably yeah, a... i'll show you mine <laughs> he's got a great snatch you should you, i mean seriously you should see it what's your snatch up to these days Right now, it's, it was 2.30 before I quit Fuck, working man. out. But now it's... I've, I really stayed away from it since I've been doing cleans and stuff. But the overhead stuff puts so much tension on especially your lower core. Yeah. That uh, I've kind of... I didn't want to... You know, I want to push things, but not... I don't want those staples on the inside popping either. Yeah. Uh, That's something I that I have had to really, really nail in. Like, be very strict about is like that anterior chain when right. you're doing the, those kind of Olympic lifts. Yeah. My rectus abdominis just wants to fold, like flop out and just let my gut go out. But if I pull it in real tight into where it's like, it almost feels like a chain connecting your pubic bone to your sternum. Mm-hmm. Um, I can lift twice as much weight. Yeah. It, I've, I've noticed that a lot. It's something about those Olympic lifts kind of point out like uh, anatomical failures in, in ways that I would not have been able to figure out otherwise. And that's, yeah, I, I really think that I've I've never been able to really push my lifting up to that next level. I've always been pretty mediocre, uh, even when I've spent like a year straight working on it. Yeah. And um, it's because I haven't done enough hard, heavy Olympic lifts. It took, let's see, I got into the Olympic lifts, oh, maybe four years ago, five years ago. And it took a long time to develop uh, that neurological response to channeling you know, a lot of times people are working out doing sets of four, sets of, even sets of six, even down to like sets of three. You have to find a way to channel all that into one rep. And when you do these lifts, you're trying to harness 100% of your body's power and energy. Um, and a lot of people don't have it naturally. I didn't even have it naturally. It's hard. It took me a long time to develop that and harness it. And It's a nervous system trick, right? I think it is. And even, even now where I'm lifting, uh, I'll catch myself, you know, attempting a lift – and I'm like, oh, I'm not using, I'm only using 90% of my body there. Like you said, not engaging the core, not engaging the breath, everything. Uh, and it, it's 
it takes a long time and a lot of reps to get your body to understand that the mechanics and the how you generate the power and harness everything. And there's so much variation person to person, like yeah. between who could just go, just some people just have it. Yeah. Like you just walk in and they know how to breathe. Yep. They know how to time it. They, their coordination is just the way it's supposed to be to where they can just go in and pick up a lot of weight and throw it over their head. Yeah. Other people, myself included, do not have that. Like you go put it there and then like, I, I walk up to a two, even 200 pounds on the ground and, um, I put my hands on it and I immediately start feeling like anxious, even when it's weight that I know I can lift. Mm -hmm. And, uh, especially if I am trying to put it over my head and sure. just like, so it takes, it's so much of a mental thing it to is. be able to. So what are the Olympic lifts? Let's cover that real quick. So the two basics, like the one they do in competition are the clean and jerk, which, which is, is ground to overhead in two movements. You're bringing the bar from ground to shoulder level in the first movement. And then the second movement, which is the jerk, is shoulder to overhead. The snatch is ground to overhead in one movement. Um, bar starts on the ground. You pick it up. It, you know, you get it to between your belly button and your chest. And then you get under it and then stand up with it. Um, and lock it out. Lock it out, yeah. But uh, I, I understand what you mean about the mental stuff. It's, it's interesting because... Uh, the way I look at it is like, imagine you have the power to knock out a bull with one punch. Oh, I do. I, I imagine it all the time. That's why I'm using this as an example. Uh, but there's a piece of thread between your knuckles, and there's a needle on the bull's head. Not only do you have to have the power and generate the power to knock him out, but you have to thread the needle at the same time. And it, the movements themselves are actually pretty simple when you're looking at it. But, but not easy. No, they're not easy. And it's the tricky thing is you want to think about your technique and focus on your technique. But when you get up to the bar and actually do it, you don't want to overthink it. Because that's when Clear you see people head. freaking themselves out about it and uh, psyching themselves out. And, not and then your like, uh, com compensation mechanisms will take over. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I know I can't just lift this up in a relaxed state. So my lower back better be, you know, overextended. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, How, no, like, totally. Certain ways of movement that you've just become accustomed to and, and gotten used to, you can fall right into that without even, when you don't even need to. Like, yeah. those, those systems are in place for when you're exhausted or when you can't lift anymore. So then something else comes in and takes over so that you don't, you know, get killed. And that still happens to me to this day when I start getting tired of stuff, my form will break down. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, my form broke down the other day and I pulled the bar into my forehead and Ouch. split my forehead open just because I was uh, trying to compensate and leaning forward a little more. Uh, yeah, and it, it happens. But I think those lifts, a lot of a lot of people could, more people could do them than than try to do them. I don't think they're as complicated as a lot of people make them seem to be. I don't think they're as dangerous as people make them seem to be. I mean, you have to know how to bail on them and stuff. But uh, if you're not using heavy weight and you're you're being re realistic about what you can do, uh, I think they're one of the best lifts that a person could do, um, and I I think more people would benefit if they did those kind of lifts. And you can break them down. You don't even have to do the overhead stuff. You can just do cleans or uh, things like that. And high pulls. Yeah, high, high pulls. pulls are one of the most beneficial exercises you can do. You're really going for that that hip extension that Get the uh, triple yeah like it's not a, you're not humping the bar you're trying to extend your hips completely and extend your body uh more than straight like at the top where your glutes are flexed your butts are flexed and you're dragging that weight up to your hip and then and then pulling yeah um triple extension is where your ankles your knees and your hips are all all fully extended 
So that's all the force that you can generate will come out of that. And then a high pull is where it's basically like a training exercise that you would do if you're trying to work on your power cleans or any any of the Olympic lifts. But I find them really helpful because I have a tendency to panic when I'm doing anything where I have to drop under the bar and catch it in a squatted position or anything like that. Yeah, My body will just like try its damnedest to puss out and just like basically muscle it like with my shoulders and arms, which is your shoulders and arms are just not strong compared to your legs and your butt. So yeah. like to be able to pull yourself under the bar at, like that is, is important. But the, yeah, anyway, I don't know. We don't need to talk about high pulls all that much. But when but, you're pulling, you know, when you're pulling yourself under the bar, uh, when you catch it, you're really not like your muscles are used to stabilize it, but you're, you're really more stacking that weight on top of your bones and joints in a vertical line, uh, to where it's, you know, I mean, that's safe. Uh, if you're trying to use your muscles strictly to keep a weight overhead, you know, that's not so safe, but, uh, yeah, you're lifting with a rubber band. Yeah. Like when I, when I do a perfect snatch and I catch it at the bottom, um, there's not a lot of, I'm not really exerting much effort at that point between like my catching it. And when I start to stand up because the force force is so distributed, it's stacked from your, your wrists to your elbows, to your shoulders. And you try and keep all that down to your hips, uh, through your body in a straight line uh it's just like standing there with the bar on your back when you're doing a squat yeah it doesn't take a lot of effort just to stand there with it and you, you're really just trying to line your body up to where you're doing that uh when it's overhead um, nobody used to do these when we were younger i remember when uh ian came to the football team and like taught us how to do cleans and yeah. stuff it was like oh my gosh people actually do this sure Yep. Um, and because before that we were all like doing rotations on the, the machines, the Nautilus machines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would you, if you had to pick between having, uh, an Olympic bar with endless bumper plates, big bouncy weights, or a full gym with machines, treadmills, you know, rowing machines, everything. If you, but you could only have one or the other, what would you pick? The bar. The bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you, what you I could do know, more. That's what I have. You well, know, you I, have both. I bought, well, I got an erg and a assault bike. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's you got a pretty good setup. We were both great, very hard. That rowing is brutal. I don't know how you did uh, all that rowing in college, especially waking up in the middle of the night to do it. You know, getting up at like one a.m. and going out in this freezing cold lake and and rowing when rowing is one of the friends. most. <laughs> I just wanted to have friends. <laughs> that could, that could be very motivating. Mm -hmm. It really can. That is literally why I did it. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you know, if I'm thinking back it's i wanted to do something that would uh make me feel more impressed with myself and make other people kind of be like oh he's doing something a little different i was super impressed i mean you were in incredible shape oh i miss it super fit i miss it uh conditioning and when you get fit you get ripped you i get like shredded that. uh veins just i mean i can popping. think of this picture i remember now looking at you i was just like holy who is that guy yeah, I, uh, I miss him. <laughs> but the, uh, well, it's, he, he it's so hard really to He was really tired, that. man, and he was really stressed <laughs> out. And uh, he had his friends from crew, but his whole life was just about rowing yeah. and school. Like, that's all I cared about. Um, yeah, that's all I cared about was just making sure my body was filled with good food. That I was I was trying to relax a little bit. That's when I started meditating and stuff. But really, I was, I was so stressed out. Um, I wouldn't go back to that. But. Well, it, uh, no matter what, if you're trying to maintain uh a state of fitness or trying to really change your body that's you know that's what it takes yeah uh, like like me for instance i 
I make it a big priority in my life. And, uh, and it shows. And there's things that fall to the wayside because of that. Uh, and, you know, that's, it does get frustrating sometimes where somebody's like, oh, I could, uh, I could get buff like you if I did steroids. Or, or if I had the time. Or if I had that more time. And it's like, one, I make the time. Yeah. And two, uh, it isn't something I did just within the last couple of years when I stopped fishing full time. It's something I've been doing throughout my whole life, uh, fairly consistently, even when I was doing drugs and all that stuff, it was still there. It's something I always went back to, but, uh, it takes a, thank God it takes a big commitment. Yeah. That was a bad hobby. Well, dude, imagine if you wouldn't have had that anchor point, which is really what I think of your, your fitness is like, that's where you always come back to. Yeah. Um, like we're both very volatile people. Absolutely. Uh, we have big swings of momentum in our lives yep. and, um, like that is something both of us have actually where fitness has been that like constant force. Like both I was actually literally just talking about this with Sawyer when we were going over to get uh some stuff across the river. He uh we were just talking about just like dealing with stress and cuz he's he's having some stress about fishing cuz he's 12 years old and we're just he's been fishing his entire life and he's just trying to figure out where his place is going to be in the world and i think he really really wants to be a fisherman i think he knows that his mom and me are are like not skeptical but just like concerned <clears throat> concerned excuse me sorry because it's dangerous and it's scary and he'll be gone for a long period it's it's selfish because i love him i want him to be here i don't i don't want him to be gone for months at a time when he's a teenager well i would like to add that uh all that stuff is very true but also the industry from what i've seen is shrinking and becoming harder and harder to make a living i mean that's a if you're going to be a career fisherman that is a tough route to go and it is a major major commitment uh not only with your time but uh financially the amount of money that it costs to buy into if you were to try and buy into a crab operation or any sort of operation mm -hmm. you need a boatload of money yeah uh and that's tough and and you got to be able to find people to work for and you that's and tough there's not like, a lot of young guys coming up yeah uh who want to do it and i mean that's these are all reasons why i'm not looking to fish for, as a career you have to love it yeah. you have to love it. if you don't love it uh well that's what you can do it to make money for a little while but eventually uh, if you don't love it, that job's going to break your spirit. Yeah. And you see it pretty frequently, frequently where guys are out there who do not want to be there. Uh, and shit, I've been that guy. It's like, fuck, this You've probably sucks. been both guys. Yeah. When I first did it, I, like back with Jay in the day when we were going all over Alaska and crabbing, longlining, uh, it was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of really cool stuff, did a lot of really cool things. Um, but now I just offered, I was offered a job the other day, uh, this great crabbing, long line job uh but i'd be it's one of the best that you can get i was talking to horton uh you know your father-in-law and he said it's one of the best jobs a deckhand could get and it's like i've worked my whole life to get that job and now i don't think i want it i don't want to be gone for nine months and uh my heart's not in it yeah and so i'm not going to take on that kind of that that kind of job uh if my heart's not in it so I got to find something else. It's to tough. Do. It's yeah. really tough. It is tough, especially Dude. being uneducated, not having any other skills. Uh, you know, I have my resume and I've showed it to a few people and they're like, oh, well, I'm impressed by the work that you're able to do. You know, you fish, you dig graze by hand, but none of that really translates into anything else. Dude, you're not going to go work at a law firm. You're not going to go be it. 
you're not a wage slave. You're not going to go uh, you're not going to go work at a grocery store. Like there's a lot of jobs that you're just not going to do. Right. Um and I think it's cool that you can accept that yeah. and not have to worry about it and try to feel like you need to put yourself in some kind of a box. Yeah. But um yeah, you're right. It's 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 intimidating to try to venture out into a new any kind of a new field without having that experience or that kind of education or I mean, we're doing it right now. You're like, oh, I'm going to be a 31-year-old uh, podcast beginner or apprentice. Like, either way, I'm going to have to take a hit, uh, not just financially, but uh, with my pride and ego a sure. little bit of having to start out. You know, fishing, I'm I'm a wanted man. I I, I have value. Uh, and I'm not the best fisherman. There's, I mean, I don't even consider myself a fisherman. I'm just a man that fishes occasionally. Um but it's it definitely intimidating. I'm already thinking, like, man, what am I going to do when I get back from Bristol Bay? Uh, um, Probably lift. Yeah. No, I'll keep doing that. But, like, I, you know, the gym's not viable around here. There's already one They're gym. They're not viable anywhere right now. No, it's not. Uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I would totally love to train people or anything like that. But more is just a side gig. Uh, it's not like if you had a gym, it, it wouldn't be competitive uh, with the existing gym. Shout out Snap Fitness, they're awesome. The uh, the, the because it'd be a different thing. Your clientele would be different. Uh, Snap Fitness is a great organization, and and they're really good for the people who who use it. Um, I think I couldn't agree more. But it's not what you're gonna do. No, you're, you're gonna have a gym where it's a little more gritty, a little bit more raw. People are gonna be uh, kind of just. It'll be a little bit more of a rough clientele. I think I feel like. Well, um, for me. I'm a big believer in uh, your expertise is your experience. So, like, I, my sister was in town for two months, moving between San Diego and Woodby Island, and I was uh, training. Shout out, Lindsay. Yeah, uh, and I'll, she stuck with it. But I told her, I said, the only thing I know how to do is what I do. So that's what I'm going to teach you how to do and show you how to do. And I had her, you know, deadlift and heavy weight and squat and heavy weight and. Uh, doing some really hard metabolic conditioning workouts. Did she like it? She did, and she stuck with it, and it's it's hard to – some of that stuff is really hard. I mean, I have All a <laughs> hard time, you know, especially because I usually work out by myself. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to push yourself, and that's why writing everything down is so important. But it could get really hard to go out there in the cold shop by yourself and, and motivate yourself. And uh, It's extremely hard. But I find it, you know, somehow – I, I come up short in so many other areas of my life, but that's one area where I've been able to, uh, you know, I go out there and to this day, I can still, I'm still, I puked the other week. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it, but a lot of people don't have that in them to push not themselves everyone, to that point. Yeah. Not everyone loves that feeling. No, it's true. It sucks. I don't like it. I mean, uh, I hate that moment, but I, the amount of hate I have for that moment is eclipsed by the amount of love I have for the five minutes that follow. Oh yeah, it's when great. when you can't get up and you're just like laying there in a puddle of sweat and you want to puke and your legs are cramping and whatever, you just feel bliss. It's like your head is empty. Yep. Nobody expects anything from you because they're not going to get it. You're incapacitated. You have given everything you have to the world and you're done for that moment. That's the feeling I'm shooting for every time. Mm-hmm. I want to go to bed with that feeling every night. I question a lot why I'm doing it. Like, what's the point? There's no, like, it's not going to make me any money. It's not going to get me anywhere. It's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a waste of time, but it's just something that I enjoy. Uh, but saying all that, that's, you know, it, it used not to bother me. It didn't used to bother me, excuse me, when people would say, like, oh, as we were 
talking about earlier about, oh, if I had the time, I could do that. Or if I took steroids, I can do that. And that's not uh, what it takes. And it's like the, my comparison is you and Melissa have this house, you know, beautiful house in Shook. I don't own a house. It'd be like me coming to you and say, oh, man, I could own a house if I had embezzled some money from the school. It's like, no, that's not what you guys did. You know, you you work towards it and you yeah. put in a lot of time and energy and uh, and it's hard. And so that's that's why it does bother me now where people when people say things like that. Oh, I bet. So you're are you referring to like people suggesting that you somehow cheated? Yeah, yeah, they explain to me why it's easy for me. Oh, uh, like okay. trying to explain away why they're not doing it or whatever. And uh-huh. I don't care. You know, I don't I certainly don't judge people based off their fitness or their appearance. It's not something that is very valuable. It's not something that I really value. Um, it's just something you're good at. Just so happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much the only thing I'm good at. That's definitely uh, not true. Picking things up and putting them down, even even fishing. It's like I didn't I wasn't allowed to run the crab block for years cuz I was always on the back deck stacking. Mm-hmm. Um that's just, I mean, it's probably a decision to be made for efficiency. Like, they're going to put the strong no, guy it's, stacking and, and that, stuff. That, there was a few times where I was, like, looking at the guy stacking. And I'm like, God damn it. Get out of the yeah. way. <laughs> I got to go back there. Yeah. Um, but there's also a huge part of me. It's like, hey, I'm more than my body. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to me than that. and I have, That starts kicking in in your 30s. I have other skills and values, and now I'm like, I just haven't shown that. I mean, I fish, and I did graze by hand. Like, all everything I do has they're been beautiful physical. Graves. Hey, I've gotten, I, I'll give myself a little pat on the back for that. I've gotten a lot. I don't know how many people out here listening could dig a perfectly square rectangular hole with square corners. It's, it's just not with easy. a spade. I just use the spade now. Uh, yeah. It takes an eye. You, gotta, you, you know, gotta I, was, I started saying this as a joke because um, it sounds funny, but it's not a joke. You do really dig some beautiful graves. Thank you. Yeah. I try to. Uh, it's, I try and take some pride in it. I mean, it's the last physical act that you can do for somebody yeah uh, and i i take a lot of pride in the fact that that is done by hand and and there's something invested into that and i've had a lot of people give me that same feedback uh-huh. and a lot of people tell me like hey when it's my time i want you to dig my grave and i think i'm over 200 at this point i average average about 20 a year it took a hit since all this covid stuff happened and it is not easy to do that but, uh, that's a lot of dirt it's easy some are easier than others sometimes it's Sometimes it's easy. You know, I did one in Ocean Park once. I did it. My fastest one was an hour and 23 minutes. And how much dirt are you moving? How many wheelbarrow loads is that? Well, you take about 12 to 14. You know, you have to remove the amount of dirt that the uh, casket and the liner displaces. So it's just under about half the dirt you have to haul away. And that's it's the like, hardest part, It's like actually. pulling a, uh, a mid-sized car out of the ground. A, a little, you know, one piece at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I do in it in hour. steps, kind of like a typewriter. I stick my spade down as far as it'll go, and I'll work my way from one end to another, mm. uh, kind of like a typewriter. Um, and there's so you know, I kind of minimize the amount of physical exertion on it. Uh, but sometimes, especially because the soil conditions around here, a lot of clay, like you'll wear yourself out. You ever hit the water table? I do all all the time, especially up in Nacelle. Yeah, and there was actually the first grave that I ever tapped out on last year was at Nacelle, and I hit water six inches down, and I have a oh, damn. portable pump and things like that. But it, there was no way it was going to keep up. Yeah, and uh, had to call in. Oh, I'm ashamed to admit it. Had to call in a backhoe. I just, I, I just couldn't do it. You're, it's like John Henry and the steam shovel or what steam hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a workout I created uh, called John Henry. Oh, does it involve a sledgehammer? It does. And a tire? It does. Just I, with some other things intermixed You take that on. hammer back. Um, I borrowed it. The hammer he's referring to is actually my 10-pound sledge <laughs> that I let him take to the gym because I don't do a lot of 10-pound sledging. And then, uh, yeah, I borrowed it and just letting you know you can take it back when you go. 
Thanks. I was actually just going to invest in one because uh, that's not going anywhere. You know what I was looking at? Alex is those, Mack, uh, thank you for the tire, by the way. Shout out Alex Mack. And if anybody else has a bigger tire out there that is floating around, I would love to have it because this tire is not really big enough for me to be flipping. I, I saw that. It, it maybe, It's a little small. You could flip it a long You'd have to flip a long way. To I get flipped it. it down to the end of, road, end of my road and back, uh, Bayview there in Chinook. Uh, and it's just, it's just kind of more not what I'm wanting to do you just you know? need a little bigger yeah i need a bigger tire but then those things are like what getting it there moving it and transporting it i mean it's mm-hmm. such a pain in the ass i just realized that we've trailed off of a story i was telling oh so i was yeah i was talking to sawyer about dealing with stress oh right yep, yep. um because i could tell he's stressed out about some decisions he's having to make and so um i get, it got me thinking about like so i had a terrible weekend i had horrible anxiety that like that so i've always kind of had some anxiety and um i have amnesia about it so that when i'm in it i'm like oh yeah this motherfucker it's almost like an unwelcome guest in my head who's just telling me that there's somebody waiting around the corner to kill me and i don't like it it's really uncomfortable uh it's it makes it to where i can't sleep uh makes it to where i either eat way too much or none at all uh, it's just a really uncomfortable feeling. So I, I really haven't had it much for the last five years. It's been really good. Uh, my mental health has been on point. Yeah. So it's just, I forgot. I forgot how bad it feels. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, um, I launched an episode of the podcast. I thought it was okay. Um, it didn't, I didn't think it was too terrible. Nothing, I don't know, it was fine. It, it just... Yeah, it didn't, I didn't think about it being real controversial or anything, uh, but it was with my brother, and we talked about some stuff from our childhood that was touchy, sub, touchy subjects. Um, some things about just some hardships that we had dealt with as kids. And it was the whole point was to show people, like, look at us now. The, things have gone well. Yeah. We're, we're okay. Things are good. And just so that people who are maybe in some hard times right now might hear this and be like, okay, just move through it, keep on, just take off one step at a time, and this will get better. Things will get better. And even when somebody who you love uh, and who loves you is, when you're in conflict with people who you love, that doesn't mean it's the end. It doesn't mean things are going to be bad forever. And that's really what I was trying to show. Just like that, even though there were some really rough patches, um, I still just, I love my family. We're close to this day and things are good. Um, but it didn't get interpreted that way from everybody. And I got some negative feedback, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not so sensitive to where I can't handle a little negative feedback. But in this case, I was. <laughs> and it threw me into a spiral where I just, suddenly I didn't trust my own instincts. Like I had, the podcasting thing is weird. So that like, it feels very isolated 99% of the time. Like this is something that is just me because it's usually just me out here. It's just me editing. It's like I'm very in my head about the whole thing. And then you launch it and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of people involved. And it's a it's kind of a weird feeling. That It feels great when those people are like, oh yeah, it's hilarious. We love it. Keep on doing it. It does not feel so great when they're like, I don't fucking, I can't fucking believe you said that. You're not a good person. I'm, I'm embarrassed 
like the stuff that I got was not nice and it um and I really just didn't handle it very well and threw me into a spiral of anxiety basically I'm kind of just beating around the bush so my weekend was just like doing a lot of personal inventory where I'm just like okay so what is it that I really need right now my body's telling me I need to run away but there's not really any threats um I just anxiety forces you to be so mindful otherwise you'll just go nuts and so that's what I did it, it will happen to anybody so I was just yeah had a rough weekend trying to figure out what to do with the podcast and once that feeling was just like very present in my body and in my mind, I re- suddenly remembered that I used to feel like this almost every day. Um, and it was during those years that I really look back on with a very positive memories. Like the years of college where I was like basically from high school ending till, till I met Melissa and got married. Those years in between there were very, very volatile, very volatile. Do you say volatile or volatile? Volatile. I'd go with volatile. Volatile. I I like volatile too, but it makes me sound kind of pretentious. I think the British would say volatile, and that's who I kind of look to for pronunciations. But they're, but they're hoity-toity. That's part of the. I like them for that. Yeah, it's all right. They're also self-deprecating, so it. uh, That's true. Stiff upper lip. But I I you know go to them for how you to announce a word like it's herb instead of herb. Why do Americans not say the H? Get the fuck out. No. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, Back on the uh, anxiety Yeah. Topic. So those years were very volatile for me. I was struggling with drug use, trying to manage my own depression, anxiety, just trying to get a 4.0 in college, trying to be in the varsity boat. A lot of juggling, a lot of balls in the air. Um, yeah, there's probably a testicle joke there somewhere, but I'm going to let it go. So... I try and keep my balls where they are. Thank you, Jeff. We needed that. Okay, so after those years ended and things gradually improved, my life started getting better, I, I just forgot. I, I really think of those years in, in a positive light that I was just like hustling and just kicking ass. But, I, but when I was back in that state where I'm just like, I feel like a little kid who's like doesn't know where his parents are at the mall or something. You know what I mean? Like I can, no, I can relate. It's just a feeling of like fear uh, without a source. There's no threat and it's just uncomfortable. And I just remembered like, oh shit, I used to feel like that so often, like every day. And my life's so much better now. So I just take that and I'm just like, just use that to try to move through this next thing, whatever it is. Like it just, it's good to have perspective. And I, I don't I think that's basically where I was going with that. I was trying to teach Sawyer that like sometimes you're gonna feel like crap. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna feel scared for no reason. Sometimes things that should be easy aren't going to be. And things that are supposed to be hard are gonna come easy. You just don't know what's gonna happen. And it's it's just good to have perspective. Well, something that I've always admired about you is, you know, you're talking about those years. Uh, you were making an effort and you were going through the struggle. And it's painful. And a lot of people, myself included, surrender to that, you know, those those feelings. So they let them it dominate their life or they don't try to address it or fight it. They try to, you know, ignore it. But I've always really admired you for uh, you. You don't just accept it you try and make things better and you try and use you know find new tools or techniques and uh you're a man of action 
And, I try to be. Yeah, and uh, just like anything else, you've developed it, uh, and you're somebody that is kind of a really a rock for me because of that. Because you show me like, if you want it bad enough and you try bad enough, think you can change things and fix things. Because so many times in my life, I just surrender to it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that's because when it comes on to me, it's like a total. I mean, I'm sure as you've seen, it's like a paradigm shift. I go yeah. from being one person uh, to another. And that up and down cycle, um, you know, was so difficult that I really just decided to check out instead of checking in. Uh, I was so tired of coming into people's lives or like being positive and trying to fix things only to the next day, totally surrender to it uh, and give up. And I made a conscious decision a couple of years ago, like this is when I stopped dating. Uh, and I, I know my friends noticed it. Or I was so tired of being that you know that bipolar guy to my friends uh and to everybody else in my life and myself included that i was like you know what i'm just gonna pick i'm just gonna surrender to it and pick that as my life and i have been living a life where i've been retarding the quality of my life like keeping it trying minimalizing the damage that i do to other people and to myself uh and it's it's really compromised my soul um, and so I look to you to, as something uh, like a glimmer of hope, like maybe if, you know, maybe if I try, uh, and I try hard enough and I want it bad enough and I open up and address and attack these things, then it can change because yeah. I don't want to keep living it will. this life that I'm living. I'm trying to make an effort lately. Uh, you know, I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm trying to make an effort to make changes in my life and to get out there and get out of my little shell that I hide in, just hiding out the house and not really talking to anybody and tried to, uh, you know, trying to get the old Facebook back open, which is a, just a nightmare. Cause I, whoever th- invented two factor authentication can go fuck themselves. The email address associated with my Facebook account is not an email address that I've used in years. So I can't, I forgot my Facebook password. So they're going to send me the password to my email. Well, I can't remember the password to that email. The phone number associated with that email is a number that I don't use anymore. And uh, who uses it? Some stranger. (laughs) So uh, I was like, man, I don't know what to do. So I sent this guy or girl a text like, hey, man, laid out the whole situation. I I need Gmail's going to send you a code. I need you to send me that code and then I'll disassociate myself from your number forever. I'll leave you alone. And uh, he just keeps telling me or her keeps telling me to leave her alone or him alone. Selfish. Uh, Not working with me at all. So I think like the only thing I'm going to be able to do is got to create a new profile, uh, which I don't want to do, but uh, shit. It takes five minutes. It's it's not that bad. Yeah. And it's a digital world and that's how you socialize with people nowadays. Like if I want to be part, more part of the community, uh, I'm going to have to, I've got the smartphone already. I just, I, you know, I still got my flip phone for right now. I haven't made a total commitment, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's, that's part of it. You and got the smartphone with you? Let me see it. No, I don't have it with me. I don't believe it. I exists. got the flip phone with me right here. <laughs> Old faithful. Uh, I've only <laughs> given out the, the, uh, I haven't transferred the number yet. Uh-huh. So right now I kind of live in, I'm kind of living two lives. I was uh, talking to Melissa yesterday and she mentioned that she had ran into you and, said that you had got a a smartphone and i was like did you see it up close because i feel like he might just like take a piece of wood and paint it to look like a smartphone no it is and then like look hold it up from far away you can't tell it is the real deal i just made a tinder profile oh no so i'm I'm in the process of 
doing this. I'm trying to put myself out there. I'm trying to reconnect with some people uh, who I haven't, haven't been connected with, and that presents its own set of difficulties. But Lots of them. Yeah, tons of them. Yeah, it's complicated to be a human. It is. Uh, but especially if you have been living a certain way for a long time and you've got all these habit loops built up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you want to switch because you know you need to or because you just are ready. All those habit loops are still there and they still try really hard to make you go through your routines. And some of those routines are absolutely self-destructive. Absolutely. It, even some of the ones that are not can become self-destructive, like working out. You could easily use that as a vehicle to propel yourself into a better stage in your life. You could just as easily use that as a way to procrastinate the decisions that you need to make to actually improve your life. Like if you just think, well, lifting is always good for me, so I'll just do that. And then all of a sudden you'll catch yourself being like lifting instead of addressing relationship problems or you'll yeah. be lifting instead of you know, preparing a healthy meal or, and, and I do the same thing, um, with work. Like, I just feel like if I, if I'm working and producing something, it's going to be good. The net effect will be good. Even if it's going to tear down my body and it's going to make me mentally exhausted. It's going to take away time that I could be spending with my wife and kids. It's going to be, you know, taking away time and energy that I could use towards something else, but damn it, I got to just work. It's not helpful always. Like, um, and I, I, it seems like you're in a good place. So I, I, I was, are there any things about your like existing life that you think are, that you're going to focus on more and other places where you're going to cut things out to try to make these positive changes? Um, well, I'm willing to give up the, the working out. I mean, to a point, and I actually I do a great job of when I have a lot of stuff going on, just consolidating it. I mean, I'll spend four hours out in the shop working out and stuff. If I have the time, when you I'll, can. I'll be out there listening to music. Uh, it's a hobby. Doing a little rapping, hanging out, writing stuff on the chalkboard. Uh, but if I have things to do, you know, I can consolidate that down real quick. And especially if you're working out long term over the course of your whole life, like you don't always need to be hitting it that hard. Uh, no, you, can you shouldn't really. No, you can squeeze something. Like I got to, on my smartphone, I got a new WAD generator app and I can cool. come up with a quick. What's a WAD? So a workout of the day. It's a CrossFit term, which like, I mean, I don't know what is CrossFit, but uh, besides a brand name, but a lot of my movements and the way I work out is kind of based around that. Uh, I really enjoyed the time I spent in CrossFit gyms. What's a good, like a, a your most basic level wad? Like what's, I, 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 I've always been a little bit, because I don't do CrossFit. Um, I'm too much of a bitch. Oh, I don't, you, when you and I get together and work out, that's what we're doing. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, the, like CrossFit's a brand name. Mm -hmm. You know, the, their methodology of working out is really becoming popular and people don't even realize it, that they're incorporating it. I mean, if you look at any other, at any gym around now, they have bumper plates, they have plyo boxes and kettlebells are a lot more popular. Uh, Do you remember the bumper plates at the Owaco gym when we were in school? We didn't even no. know what they were. Yeah. We like, just why used do they them have as these rubber weights? ones here? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Um, but uh, that methodology is really being incorporated high schoolers are using it a lot more of the power lifting the uh olympic lifting flexibility um as far as the wad goes you know i think they call it h-i-i-t high intensity interval training uh like a basic example is you do five sit-ups 10 push-ups 15 squats as many times as you can in a set amount of time eight minutes short short amount of time yeah. right and you can uh and within that you know you can do short condensed you know one of my favorites is i'll do a 
21 reps, 15 reps, and 9 reps uh, of kettlebell swings and rowing. And I use the calories on the row just because that's how you know you can keep it um, a good way to track it. It's impossible to half-ass it. Right. So I'll do 21 reps, kettlebell swings, 21 calories on the row, 15 kettlebell swings, 15 calories on the row, 9 and 9. And it's about a 5-minute, you know, it's between 4 or 5 minutes. And uh, that's one of my favorites, you know, one of the one of the shorter ones. Uh, you know, I dare somebody to do it and say it's not hard. It's exhausting. That's the thing about intervals, period, but especially those high-intensity interval training. You barely have to work out. Yeah. Like, you work out for half an hour, and you're exhausted. Yeah. And, it, and it, the results come up so fast. It's like doing wind sprints. Like, mm-hmm. you just really build up fast. I'm and a f- big fan of Tabatas. Oh, Tabatas, uh, Which yeah. is a four-minute workout where you're doing 20 seconds of work on followed by 10 seconds of rest. Uh, and you can incorporate that into really anything burpees squats i mean anything and it's anything uh, where you can go all out yeah and it's it's hard um i like to do it on the assault bike for now i'll do like four three of them in a row with a minute rest between and it's exhausting yeah uh, and you can do it without it's a good way to structure your workout and to push yourself set it up to where you're pushing yourself without needing equipment like do you know burpee tabatas it's one of the hardest things that you could do um yeah, full, but anyway, full back, body. back to the whole, uh, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice some of that working out and stuff, um, but I go to it. You know, it's it's now that I'm, you know, I haven't done heroin in eight, it'll be nine years in November. Uh, I don't smoke weed. I just, you know, I take some Kratom and I, I still got to chew. I got to kick that habit. But, uh, you know, I don't really have that crutch as far as when things are going wrong, that's what I run to. I don't go smoke a bowl or something like that anymore. Uh, but I'll go work out and I'm trying to reconnect with this person right now. And I'm really mystified on why it's so difficult. It seems like we both want to reconnect, but there's something that's making it hard. And I, I, I really cannot fathom out why. And it's really causing me some consternation. Um, I'm at a really good place with how I feel about this person and, uh, but there's some unresolved things that, that it seems like we both want to uh, deal with. Is this a person from your past? A person? Well, who's who's the person? Well, I'm not. I gonna, mean, you don't have to. Tell yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say who the person is. It's a person. More What's from, the relationship? It's more from my past. It's a person that I used to know, and I mean, I mean, if I'm honest, right now, uh, we don't even really know each other right now, and I uh, I would like to get to know him and connect, and uh, all my motivations are innocent. Just would like to really. She's. A, they're a stranger to me and I would mm-hmm. like to, I don't know, I would like to see if there could be a friendship made out so of So it's somebody from your past who you've drifted apart from? Yeah, which I've drifted apart from, you know, a lot of people. But I've yeah. made a really strong effort to leave this person alone. I did some damage, as I did with a lot of people. Um, was going through, was kind of just when my mental health issues were starting. And okay. I was a confused, you know, I was confused and scared. And I was so afraid of showing this person what was going on that I just shut it down. And I Isn't it weird to think that, like, you were a kid? It didn't I feel was. like it at the time, but you're 16, 17 years old. Yep, and I, it happened, started happening right between my junior and senior year. And that was, like, when I first kind of started doing some self-harm and things like that. But I was so afraid of showing this person what was going on and being honest about it that I didn't, uh, and as I was with, you know, you guys, my friends, uh, I just shut it down and, and hid um, and eventually the, the friendship was destroyed, obviously, if you're not spending time around them or communicating with them, like 
there's there's only so much you could do and they tried really hard but uh you know it didn't work and uh drifted obviously drifted very far apart um but it seems like they want to reconnect and i want to reconnect um and just see what you know maybe resolve some of that stuff but there's for some reason there's something you know stopping it there something that's making it difficult difficult for us to do that and that's that's the main thing that's that's vexing me and i'm not really the way things are i'm not in a position to how do i put it i'm kind of at their mercy about it balls in their court yeah i can't uh for reasons that i won't go into i can't be the instigator here i'm trying and i've tried really hard not to even though i god i fight the urge to reach out to this person constantly and i have been for for years but i so is it like social social expectations that make it to where you can't yeah um i'm just trying to be i'm trying to respect their their life and what they have going on in their life and i don't want to screw that up or damage that in any way so i've stayed away and uh and that's been very painful uh and it's been a long time and and uh god i just wish we could find a way to I think I think we just got to take that first step, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, it's a two-way street. And it's going to take both of us. But really, uh, for reasons I can't get into, I need them to, to, you know, they're kind of holding the ball, and it's up to it's up to them. So you heard it here. But I can only take care of my side of the street. Um, but I think what mes- what makes me the I most frustrated is that uh, I can't take care of my side of the street unless they let me. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not going to explain the stuff I need to explain in a text message or anything like that. Um, I've almost gone over the top with communicating. Hold uh, up. There's a helicopter. I hope somebody's okay. Me too. Dear God, I pray that that's not a Coast Guard helicopter going out to help people out of the water. Yeah, it's been a brutal year. Brutal year. I pray every time I see an ambulance or a helicopter going out, I'm just like, just in case. I, I am so sensitive to that stuff being around the amount of death that I've been around in my life from the funeral home. Like, you know, I am so against violence and, and, uh, you know, from what I've seen, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a five-year-old little boy or a 90-year-old woman, like death, death is horrible and it hurts. It hurts people and it's not a good thing. You are so good at dealing with it, man. It makes me so fucking uncomfortable um, watching somebody else grieve and not knowing how to be. I don't know how to be like, do you do? Should I act like more happier to bring them up? Should I act like I'm on their level to make sh- to show that I'm commiserating? Like, I don't know how to do it, and it's it's something that causes me a lot of stress. How do is that something that you just built up over time? How do you act? Like, what do you, or well, do you I, not act? You just be. I learned from my parents who have a a gift, especially uh-huh. my mom. Uh, she she just has a way with people, and I think you just kind of nailed it on the head is you don't act you just be and you be genuine and you have to understand that one there's nothing that you're going to be able to say to make them feel better you can't take away the pain and the second thing is like chances are you might say something that isn't the right thing to say there is no right thing to say and grieving people are going to handle things however they're going to handle it you have no control over that all you can do is be genuine and try and express that you really do care and you really are sorry um and that's, you know, that's about all you can do. But I, I look at it as a, you don't want to be, you're either in or you're out. You know, when you're there, you're either going to commit to trying to help this person uh, or you should get the hell out of there. Um, 
Is, is this something that you feel kind of like a gift for? Because that's the way it seems. When mm -hmm. I see you talking, okay, so when we were digging that grave, I helped I helped you dig a grave maybe several years ago now, but um, just was helping you basically move wheelbarrow loads of dirt while you were digging. And the mother of the person who we were going to bury showed up. Um, and she was really distraught and very upset. And I wanted to turn around and run away. Like, I, I didn't want her... Just the the thought of, of her pain was was too much for me. And I, like, the thought of her seeing my face not in pain and her knowing... Uh, just, like, the whole thing is such an emotional trip. Like, but you handled it just, like, peacefully. It, it just happened... You made her feel so much better by doing almost nothing. Like I could tell just by the way you were talking to her and you weren't patronizing or trying to calm her down. It was just like this dude's a fucking pro. Do you feel like it's some kind of a gift or do you is it does it come to you naturally or do you actually have to think about it? It I think it came to me naturally just being around it so much throughout my whole life being exposed to it and watching how my mom and dad handled people and there's a there's a couple points i want to make one is uh it is not a time to focus on yourself it is not about you like you That's may be feeling point. uncomfortable but they're somebody just died in their life like surrender to their emotions and their feelings like they're the ones who it's all about um it's not about you it is about them oh and the the second big point is uh I've, I've been around, you know, I went to my aunt's funeral last year in Portland and we were dealing with this funeral home from, uh, from the city in Portland and they were doing that eggshell walk, you know, talking really soft and, and trying to say the right thing all the time. And, and maybe that might work for some people, but for me, I like, I try to be practical about it. I want to be practical about it. I don't want to pull any punches or have any punches pu pulled on me. And I think most people really appreciate that. Um, I would. And I think that helps most people. Uh, addressing the issue, um, being upfront with the issue, not trying to hide it or pretend like it's not there, but just showing that person that you realize that it's all about them and they're, the pain they're feeling. And don't try and put anything on you. Uh, don't think about yourself at all. All you can do is try and be a gentleman and be as nice as you can. And I would like to think that I'm genuinely a nice person. Definitely. Uh, so it So it comes easily to me you know i don't have a lot of you know, i don't want to hurt anybody or upset anybody uh, i have a hard time you know i get angry i lose my temper but i have a hard time you know chastising people or anything like that it's my natural tendency to be i think i'm a little too sensitive yeah you're not, you're not a ball buster no i mean i like to give people shit you know like your hat for instance but uh you don't, you don't like my hat i was just I, I picked the first thing i saw it's a great hat is it uh it is a little disrespect i noticed you took your hat off it's a little disrespectful of me to be wearing this thing in a podcast i'm sorry no i i just took it off because uh, i get hot so easily and yeah. it's you know it's warm up here just so. calm down man so it's okay i'm calmer than you are jeff is about to beat me up for wearing a hat at a podcast never i've never beaten anybody up FYI, uh, there was one person. Jeff has in, beat me up before. One person in Cal. You punched me first. It was. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think we went three rounds, and you won one. I won one, and then we both gave up. What is it about teenagers that just like to beat the hell out of each other? Well, in our case, it was the alcohol. Well, it was, but it was the alcohol that made it not hurt as bad. But I, I mean, I think we'd have just as much fun if we did it sober. Well, none of this would have happened if you would have ranked Radar Love higher on your classic rock list. Like Radar what, Love 64? is not a great song. 
it shouldn't have even been on the list. I'll say it. Oh, my God. Well, dude, the list was terrible in the first place. Yeah. It was a terrible list. I will actually uh, oh, surrender dude. to you on that. It's. I tried listening to it a couple days ago. You know, old radar love for some reason. Now they got this smartphone. I can listen to anything I want. Yeah, it ain't that great. Yeah, dude, there's a reason that that's a forgotten song. But I just didn't feel like radio plays. You were respecting song. my view on it. Granted, you know, actually, I don't even. I wish I hadn't said that. It was your list. You can rank things however you want. And uh, holy moly, look at that picture. Look at that hair. That was the, that was the hair, man. The Nesbit hair. Your beautiful golden locks. I know it. Now they're on Amelia's head. Bring them back. So um, the other day, I went to my storage area and I pulled out a box of old artistic memories. Um, I didn't know that's what I was looking for at the time, but I found the box and I'm just like, oh shit, I've been saving stuff for a long time. And there's a lot of old pictures from high school and beyond in there. And I found some art that I did back in the day. Check that out. It looks kind of like you, except he's black. It looks like the clown from It. It's a scary, it's a scary picture, but I mean, not really. So you're saying I look like the clown from It? I'm going to throw this up on Instagram. You guys tell me if it looks like a it's black like the version clown of Jeff It's like the clown from It with uh, that tight eyed its hair it's it's not the clown from it the clown from it was uh pennywise the, well yeah yeah but back then when i drew that the guy who played the clown from it was the same guy off a of rocky horror picture show oh uh that british guy yeah british what's his fellow. name uh he was in uh he was home alone 2 he just was creepy the, as fuck yeah in home alone 2 he was the new york at the new york hotel he was the the what do they say conciliage that was trying to take down conciliary no. That's the advisor to, that's the uh, mob boss's main advisor. Is oh, the conciliary. yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm thinking of Godfather. <laughs> Concierge. Yeah. yeah. You had it right. Uh, but yeah. Kren, oh, the, dude. Those British guys make the best evil people. They really do. I found a poem that I wrote when I was super depressed and kind of struggling with my addiction. You feel like blitz, spit some out? Because, okay, so I, it's dated November 2nd, 2009. And it's kind of weepy and boohoo. My life is hard. So bear with me. It's it's. I'm just gonna read it because I I had I remember when I wrote it. I thought this thing sucks. I hope no one ever finds this. This is this is some some uh, pity party shit here. But now that I'm reading it, it and it, I'm not the guy who wrote it anymore. It's easier to enjoy. So I'm just gonna read it. <clears throat> it doesn't have a title. I'm getting jumbled. Yeah, take your time. Never short on reasons why, don't think, just take the stride. The world is not so straight when all you see is lines. Tomorrow is a new beginning, but today is just survive. This one last bump will do the trick, just more pathetic lies. Strong is the fight to swim ashore, yet stronger grows the tide. Deadliest battles are fought within, there is no place to hide. Hope prevails, the wise man shouts above these woeful cries, but one who seeks for power in self will surely meet his demise. Then what, I ask, will spare this life? A desperate, lonely sigh. The help you seek is not of earth, just look beyond the skies. The foolish man walks into battle armed only with his pride, but the humble man who asked for help has angels by his side. It's... I think I you should like put it. that up along with the clown picture. Um, <laughs> that is a that is a great poem. There were there were numerous lines in there that uh, spoke out to me. And as and as somebody somebody who battles with, I, I really have a time hard time saying this, but it's the truth because I I don't wear it like a I don't want to 
I don't want it to be my identity and I don't want it to come across like I'm using it as an excuse, but I have some mental health things that I deal with. You've seen it. I've been hospitalized a couple times. I've, uh, shit, I've mutilated my left arm with a razor blade. I've I actually wanted to ask you about that because you mentioned the self-harm thing. And I think that's an area that is, a, it's easy for me to avoid because it's uncomfortable, but I think there's a lot of people dealing with that right now in the world. Um, especially young people, yeah, girls in particular. yeah. And I, I think a lot of people really don't understand what self-harm is all about from a psychological perspective. Um, I'll be honest, I kind of get it. I, I do kind of get it. Well, I still don't kind of get it. Like when people ask me to explain what happened, I, I just keep thinking like you're asking me to explain logically an illogical action. Yeah. Like it goes against human nature to self-preservation to hurt yourself. I think that's kind of seems like what that could be part of the draw. So it's almost like just making the most bold statement that I don't give a fuck about myself. This is what this I'll show you how much I don't care about myself. I'll hurt my own body. Yeah. Um, and it's also goes to show you that, like, we are not our bodies. Yeah. The part of you that is really like the core you, like your soul, yourself is inhabiting this form, but it's not one in the same and when you damage it it's it's almost just like showing that you don't value it that i but. don't i i, I mean I'm, i i will I, i'll think on all of that but i still don't have an answer to, i don't think you need one you know no it's just something that's there and it's something that's going to be obviously those scars aren't going away but uh i don't understand i don't even to this day i don't know how i did it uh-huh uh, just because i mean i i kind of played or I don't want to use the word playing around but I had done some self-harm that wasn't too harmful I remember like, when it started in like just maybe visibly started uh -huh. and I was not that concerned um yeah. I really was like I thought it was just like kind of a teenager trying to be a badass thing right. like with the putting out matches on your arm. Uh -huh. Do you remember that? Yeah. That yeah. was the first time I ever noticed. Uh -huh. um, and I, I, it didn't really give me that much pause uh, because people were giving themselves those smiley face burns. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah, absolutely. You get a Bic lighter razor. really hot. Oh, that one too. Oh, yeah. those two, yeah. Get a Bic lighter really hot and then press it against your skin. Yeah. It'll leave a scar. It'll burn you and leave a scar that looks like a smiley face. Uh, don't try that at home, kids. No. But no, people were doing that just like to their friends as a joke. I had yeah. a person put a cigarette out on my arm. Like when you're young, people are just burning each other sometimes. Yeah, it's just, weird. <laughs> it's a weird fascination time. with, uh, you know, uh, experiencing a little bit of pain mm -hmm. and uh, fire. Everybody's got oh, the I fire, love fire bug. You know, everybody's, I, I set myself on fire playing with matches in the fourth grade. Oh, really? Horrible mistake. Good thing Mama Bear was there. What but happened? I was well playing with matches. And I was next to this tablecloth that had, uh, I don't want to say frayed ends, but, you know, like decoratively. Lacy. Yeah. There's some frills. And uh, I don't know why. I just touched that match to those frills and they went up like a, like a gasoline. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, my mom's going to be pissed when she says this. I got to put it out. And the, I, you know, I don't know why I've done a lot of things I've done, but I figured smothering it with my body. It's like leaning my chest up against this tablecloth and put it out. Was it plasticky? It was. Oh my god! It was. So it caught my. This was the day before fourth grade started. So it, that's the day before we met. <laughs> it was. That's the first time you saw me. I was all, all burned up. So it set my shirt on fire, uh, 
And at that point, they were really pounding the stop, drop, and roll thing into mm-hmm. our heads. But I panicked. Those were the stop, drop, and roll and just say no years. Right. Uh, God, just say no. That's a, that is a whole nother Bad program. topic for conversation. That but program the stop, is drop, a huge and roll money. Uh, was, what did not come into my head at all. I was just like, oh my God, I am on fire. Like, my whole chest, belly was on fire. And I was in the fourth this grade. boy is on fire. So I ran around. Oh, that's good. I like that one. I wish I could put in the real song. Yeah. Copyright laws fucking suck, man. They make podcasting so much less fun. Yeah. I want to be throwing songs in all a, the time. That is actually a great joke. Uh, I really enjoy that one. But so there I was, a boy on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just panicking, screaming. Only thing going through my head was, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, and I was just running around, and that's just making the flames even bigger. And then out of nowhere, Mama Bear came in with a big Afghan and tackled me. And as she's pulling me up the stairs with one hand, she's ripping the rest of my clothes off with the other and threw me in the tub. Uh, but yeah, second, second, th- I think I had a couple third, maybe not, maybe just second. Second degree burns from my uh, pubic region up to my chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, you know, kids, you're listening, it, it's not... I'll tell you what'll happen. You'll get burned. And yeah. getting burned is extremely painful. One of the, I mean, super painful. Yeah. People are always saying don't play with fire for a reason. Yeah. Because you got to be careful. But there was a big difference between, I can remember doing some of the minor self-harm stuff. And there was a huge difference from my mindset there to uh, what part of me thinks it almost was like a cry for help. Like, oh, I hope somebody notices. The uh, earlier stuff? Yeah. And I was, and like, you got to remember, I was still trying, you know, mental health stuff's weird because it's happening to your, infecting your brain and you don't know what's really going on and you're changing as a person. Uh, and Especially I, when you're young. I just remember being confused. Like what, you know, why am I feeling this way? What is going on? And people were noticing, you know, the football coaches called me in had a big meeting. Excuse me. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then I'm like, oh my God, they, these guys noticed something that's going on with me. Like what is going on with me? Uh, and a lot of fear, um, Big difference in my mindset between that versus like when I put the razor in my left arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just total despair. I was what three months out of jail. Was going through drug court. Um, we were training for a marathon. Had we started by that? Or point? we had. We're just getting ready to start. But I was uh, freshly sober. Um, so feeling everything. Didn't want to be sober, but I didn't want to be high. Uh, and was just, I mean, that was one of the lowest points, um, definitely. And I remember just like, the only way I can explain it is I just kind of lost my mind. I was, I was a person that I, I can't even relate to now. I don't know how the hell I did it. I mean, those are some serious, pretty serious scars and it took better part. I did it over the better part of a half an hour. Uh, there was plenty of time to think about what I was doing and stop what I was doing. There was a huge amount of blood loss. Uh, and that released, I remember feeling fucked up afterwards. You know, there was mm-hmm. definitely some endorphin release, but, uh, yeah, man, I remember coming up the next day. Um, well, wh- are we talking about the time? Did this happen in Chinook or Vancouver? No, it was, this was Chinook, but it was not that. That time, but we could talk about that time. Well, I'm talking about the, the time in Chinook. Yeah, I remember coming up and see. I'm pretty sure we were training because I remember I 
was there to meet you for some like scheduled thing uh -huh. and um i saw your arm and i was just like oh man that was definitely intentional uh, but i didn't say anything about it right at first i was just gonna see how you were feeling and for most of the time you just acted normal and i, I eventually i was just like what happened to your arm man and um you're just like oh I'm, i don't know and i was like oh and i didn't i, I just i just know you i was mm -hmm. like okay this is not the time to push that yeah um but it was a little scary um to just to to know that like okay because that was a it was a whole new level yeah, like it was, he's this capable is, of, of this that. is not burning matches no. and to me it was like okay i i associated the the deep cuts much more with suicidal ideation yeah so it scared me i was like i i hope i'm not going to lose my friend right well that's that's something i've also struggled with if you as you have seen not that i've i haven't uh and first off i just want to say like I'm not tr trying to get any sympathy here. I'm not trying to make excuse. Honestly, for dude, this is not about us at this point. I, I want to talk about this stuff because a lot of people go through it and no one fucking talks about it. Fair enough. Fair and enough. if it's a little bit embarrassing, I think we should just shoulder that. And, I'm, I'm and not talk worried about, about the embarrassment, but I just want to preface by saying like the, the bad things I've done in my life, I know right from wrong. And uh, the mental health stuff for me was not an excuse. Uh, and so I, I try not to that's part of the reason why I don't talk about it. I, you know, I got, I use drugs cause I like being high. Uh, maybe there was some self medicated stuff going on there, but, uh, I just want to say that, that, uh, I'm fully responsible for all the bad decisions I've made in life. Me too. Uh, and, uh, I'm not going to say, Oh, I did it because I have some mental health issues. Uh, not saying that they don't cause, you know, certain behaviors in people, but in my case, uh, there's no excuse for the things I've done. I don't and, think you need to, I, I don't think you can tease it apart to know what, what was caused by, you know, traumatic events in your past, what's caused by, you know, misfiring neurons. It's all very complicated sure. and interconnected. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, But I don't, I don't think anybody is going to hear this and say, oh, the Jeffs, look at the Jeffs trying to pass the buck. Right. Blaming it away on their mental illness or their addiction or whatever. I don't, I don't feel like that's what we're doing and I don't think it sounds like that. Okay. Well, I just had to I just had to get that out of the way for my own uh selfish reasons. I think the only way we could talk about this kind of stuff honestly and openly is if we're trying to be better. Cuz dude, how does it how does it go when you try to talk about your addiction when you're in the throes of it? It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. And even you even know it. You're bullshitting yourself yep. mostly. You just don't have you're like either I'm going to you can't just say that, oh, I'm using, because yeah. that creates a whole, then it's like, oh, you open up that can of worms, you can't put it back in, you know, you can't put it back in the box after that comes out. So you just continue, you know, to lie. I remember being 190 pounds, you know, out in the freezing cold, sweating my ass off, and people are like, Jeff, what's wrong with you? Like, Nothing, totally fine. You know, yeah, not, what, no, what's I'm, wrong with you? I'm not using any drugs. Like, what's the matter with you? Yeah, why are you so down? Why aren't you talkative? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all bullshit, but I'm, I'm in a stage in my life where uh, I am trying to change and, and I kind of live these two lives uh, like around my fishing buddies and in the fishing world and stuff. Uh, I don't talk to those guys about my issues. and they, I, they don't talk about that stuff either. No, it's not really received that well. Um, if you do, a couple times I've probed and I'm like, oh, I just, this is not the thing. It does feel kind of self-indulgent when you talk about it in those groups. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't necessarily have solutions for your problem they're yeah. dealing with their own stuff on their own they're yep. not talking about it and so it's, it's a weird context but this is completely different they're like this is this is what this is for so I've, I've been living this kind of this these two lives where one the reality is that i have some 
uh, some issues to deal with, anxiety, uh, depression. Uh, I don't really get, I don't know, do you think I get manic sometimes? Yes. Okay. I'll, yeah, I, I have to ask you for that perspective because it's hard to see in the moment. It's impossible. Yeah. You, all you feel is that things are great. Yeah. Like you're, oh, everything's so clear. All of a sudden, man, the manic thing is, is a hard issue for me because I have a psychology degree. So I, I had to learn the diagnostic and statistical manual for how to diagnose mental illness, which is a checklist system. Yeah, yeah, that it's, one's kind of... It's, it's built to sell drugs. Yeah. That's why it, that's why it exists. It's yep. built so insurance companies can deny coverage. It's, that's, it's really a, a, it's a system with a lot of flaws, but it's the one we've got. Yeah. So I needed therapy. I needed stuff to be fixed, and I needed to address some mental problems I was having with anxiety and depression and some mania. And I, I knew that if I go in there and tell them the honest-to-God truth, it's not going to work out for me because my predicament was I have ADHD diagnosed and the medication I was on for that was enabling me to be successful in school. Without it, I struggled a lot, yeah. a lot. And it was, I mean, it made it almost feel not worth it. Like the amount of pressure and stress and all the stuff you're dealing with without, uh, it was just, it was hard. So I, I just didn't see a world where I could lose that. And I needed the therapy still. So I, I was just like, I gotta go anyway and just like talk to these people, but not let them know I'm bipolar sure. because the medication I'm on that is really helping me is known to exacerbate mania and they will not give it to me if I'm diagnosed bipolar and still ADHD. So I was like, all right, I'll just leave that part out and I'll get treatment for my depression. So I, I, I'm, my diagnosis is major depressive disorder and adult attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And <clears throat> both of those are under control now. I, I, I'm not so sure if I even buy in to the diagnostic structure. It might, I, I really think a lot of what we think of as mental illness is, is just personality types yeah. that exist on a spectrum. And there's a normal range. If you fall outside of that normal range, it's considered pathological, or at least at the very least abnormal. And then people want to treat you for that. And there's a whole business, whole industry set up around that to make rich people richer. So there's a lot of complicating factors. Well, that that has played a, a big influence in me because I see the same things. And uh, as somebody who's been forcibly hospitalized and has been forced to medicate and has been uh, forced to go to therapy and stuff, I saw, you know, there a lot of bullshit in there, and uh, a lot of people putting me on drugs. I I was at a hospital in Portland where they put me on you know a dozen medications, and it turned me into a zombie. And from there, I went to this place in Montana, and uh, right away the doctor said oh you know like this isn't the right combination of drugs for you to be on and just changed without you know i didn't have a, a say in the matter because it's an art not a science yeah and everybody i've talked to is always i've been getting different answers oh you need to take this don't take that and uh i distrust the whole system and uh so i don't i haven't gone to therapy in years i don't take medication i have this huge part of me that doesn't want to take medication because i uh, i've been diagnosed bipolar too by three different people, but I don't want to just surrender to it and go live my life going like, oh, I'm bi bipolar too. I have to try and live my life within that world. Uh, nah, it's very limiting. I want to, I want to try and, I just want to be me without, 
I don't want to use that as a. I, I don't want that to identify me. That's it, right? And there. I don't want. I don't want to. Um, you don't want people making decisions about who you are before you are showed up to be there. Right. Yeah. So I I have a a life where I'm trying to ignore all my problems and ignore everything, and then there's this other life I have with my friends. Uh, and myself when I'm at home where I'm trying to fix those issues. And I've, I've come to the realization over the last month or two that I'm not going to be able to change anything until I am living one sort of life. And part of that is being accountable for everything that you do and uh, not living a bullshit life where you're trying to, you know, I have this, uh, I don't want people to see me as a weak, sensitive person because that's a lot of how I see it is weakness. Uh, and I have a lot of flaws and I'm a sensitive guy and I don't want people to see that all the time. I don't want to come across as that person. A lot of people see me and they're like, oh, he's a, you know, big, strong, handsome guy. Like, what does he have to be sad about? And I have a great life. There's not a lot of things in my life that I can look to and be like, you know, I got a great family. I got great friends. I got lots of opportunities. Uh, and it bothers me a lot that I still exhibit the behaviors and and uh things that i do when there's not an excuse for it and that's when i realized like okay there is something the weight of existence there is something going on with me that i'm gonna have to address so right now i'm trying to blend those two lives into just one i'm trying to find a way to be myself out in the world uh honestly and openly dude you gave me goosebumps because that's exactly exactly the thought process that i went through to start this show i i the idea of having to maintain other people's view of who you are is too much work i can't do it anymore. i can't do it either so i'm gonna put who i am on this show it's gonna be documented and it's real i mean to some extent it's still i want to make it entertaining yeah I, I mean you know me in real life half the things i say you're not sure if i'm joking or or telling the truth or what you're very entertaining in real life that's that's not my (laughs) point my point is like i like the mystery yeah i like to tell a story and have people wonder what parts of that are embellished what parts of that really happen Mm -hmm. i do not i'm a person who's extremely honest but extremely non-literal if that makes sense so like I, i i like to speak the truth I don't like to do it in a very cut and dry, easy okay. to digest way. I want to make people think. Right. And and I don't necessarily want to just bottle feed them my story, you know? Yeah. I like the mystery. So that's what, I want this show to to kind of encapsulate that and and show who I am and also through my interactions with the guests, which I love having you in here by the way, man. It's been uh, it feels like it just feels right. Thank you. Um Yeah, it feels good. But the the my point was like you got to have somewhere where you can just be yourself, unfiltered. And then and if it happens to be in a place where you're recorded and other people can consume that, I feel like it's going to lead to a more authentic person. I want to feel like a more authentic yeah. person, so I'm trying to find it through that. And it's there's been some unexpected hiccups along the way sure. and uh I realize that other people care a lot more than I thought about the way I view things which is a surprise. Yeah. Um cuz I just spent 30 something years thinking nobody nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. about what I think. Um it's been weird to t- to come from that place where I mean I spent a lot of time by myself just thinking like, "Oh man, I got all these ideas and things I like to talk about and think about, but no one will ever know them 
and they're going to die with me. And then now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now there's people will listen. I know that they will listen. And so you better come up with some good shit to say, man. And the stress of that is the new thing that I worry about. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying before, I'm all of a sudden remembering that those times in my life that I look back on with such a with such rose color colored glasses were actually very hard. And the reason that I look back on them with such rose colored glasses is because those hardships produced so much fruit in my life. Like they produced so many benefits to me that came through consistently and are still coming through. It's like those years of hard work and grinding and just trusting that I was going the right direction, even though it felt uncomfortable at the time, those years built what I'm now living. Like the benefits that I'm now receiving came from that work. And so, yeah, it was really easy for me during these easy times to plan this podcast and think about how, like, uh, I just didn't picture it being hard or painful or uncomfortable. I pictured yeah. it being fun, light, easy, because my life is fun and light and easy. And then suddenly I'm doing this new thing that I'm not very good at, mm -hmm. that I have no experience in. And all of a sudden, things get hard again. Yeah. And I'm surprised by that. It's like... That uh, dawned on me just going back briefly to that person I'm trying to reconnect with. Like At first I was like, oh, this will be great. Like It's not going to be a big deal. And then I started thinking like, oh, like it's not going to be easy. And I'm sure that person feels the same way like it's going to be it's going to be difficult but uh, the good things come from from that and that's where growth comes from exactly but, but i didn't i was worried that uh when i after i did the first episode i was like man jeff you are a jackass you just put your admitted a whole bunch of stuff and put yourself out there and made an ass out of yourself in front of the whole south county which i'd done before um as far as making an ass out of myself yeah it stings a little bit but people have been pretty positive and nobody's really said anything negative to me about it and part of me distrust that there's a, i have a huge distrust of people of like how they're actually what they think about me versus how they act around me and treat me and i i've always you know i've been real anti-social and you know like to stay off social media and and don't really talk to a lot of people or go out to a lot of events because i'm like man if i'm not able to hide who i am in those situations people are gonna realize it and be like man this jeff guy's fucking crazy so uh, have you felt a difference since the first podcast came out with uh with that level of uh transparency transparency not being an option anymore that's where i was going with it and then i realized like hey it's m most people are okay with it and most people are 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 still okay with me being my actual self as, as opposed to trying to put on this wearing this guise around all the time I feel like a lot more people are afraid of being themselves than we think. It, I, I, I would completely agree, but for me, I'm just exhausted doing it. I can't, I can't do me it too. anymore. Uh, it's so hard, and it's, I, it's not a good way to live life because you're constantly trying to manipulate things that are not in your control um, through your actions. Uh, you know how people see you, how people are gonna accept you or not accept you. Um, and every bit of analysis you're doing, re like regarding that, is consuming energy that you could be using to put your attention somewhere good. And a lot of it's bullshit. A lot of what you're doing is assuming uh, and presuming. You're building, you're guessing. creating stories in your own head that are not true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just keep like, it's like, like, you know, somebody, this happened numerous times. You're like, hey, man, we're doing this or this. Why don't you come on over? And I'm like, you know, who's going to be there? Or like, sorry, man, I'm not going to go because in my head I'm thinking, when I go there, somebody's going to be like, hey, Hilton, you're a crazy piece of shit, you know, and... And, uh, and they're not. 
hasn't it hasn't happened yet. People get so excited though when you do show up because of that, because it, like everyone knows that it's hard for you to get out because of that, and so because you've said no a lot of times. Yeah. So when you actually show up, people literally cheer. They cheer, Jeff. Mm. It's great. Well, it's, I'm I'm very flattered by the people that are uh, I have in my life and that are around here. I'm surrounded by really good people, and part of that's motivation for wanting to. It's like, man, I'm. I, I got to make an effort here, not just for me, but for everybody who stuck by me over the years. Uh, and so that's what, that's what I'm doing. And it's not just bullshit. It's something that I'm actually taking. It doesn't feel like bullshit step two and doing on a daily basis. And I've seen you know, a lot of bullshit. Um, and I don't think this is it. Seen a lot of bullshit for me too. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that's what I was going to say. And then it sounded mean. No, <laughs> but, it's the truth. Um, this the doesn't truth. feel like that. You know, and I actually need that from you because sometimes, as I said before, it's like, are people really being honest with me? Like, or you know, they, I am. Yeah, or are they just afraid that I'm gonna, you know, freak out or get upset? Which, like I said, I, I don't freak out on people. I don't, you know, lose my temper on people. I will, I will for cer- certain things, but not, not anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, like I said, you're a rock for me, man. Because it's of that. funny too, because I, I feel very flimsy to myself. So just hearing you say that makes me feel stronger. Um, life is fucking tricky. Yeah, it's so tricky, man. It's messy, very but messy. But I, I, we have had such a an interesting friendship that started in fourth grade, and it has just progressed continuously. Um, even though we've had some years where we didn't see each other, not very many, maybe a couple. Um, it's continued to grow, and like we've both had our own struggles that were similar enough to be relatable to each other but also different enough to where we could help each other yeah and it's just been my friendship with you has taught me a lot about how to be a good friend and how to be a you know human being and just help me to remember like we are not all experiencing this the same you've been very patient with me and very understanding with me and when i needed you the most um you've always been there you know like when i i don't even remember calling you up in portland uh, but apparently I did, and uh, dude, I'll find out if you're in the hospital. I'm gonna find out. When I w- I woke <laughs> up, I woke up uh, totally restrained on a flat pad. Thought I was in jail. Uh, spread out, spread eagle. Um, strapped the wrist, waist, ankles, uh, covered in blood. Uh, had cuts all over my body. Didn't know I'd got drunk. Didn't know what the hell was going on. Thought I. would Got in my car and killed somebody. That was the, the biggest thing I was worried about. Oh, um, that's my biggest fear. And I don't remember much about that night, but uh, I got really drunk and had a little standoff with the police and had a knife and uh, don't know. Don't in know, your own house. Right. In my own house. Uh, well, my girlfriend's house. Yeah. That threw, she had never seen that side of me before. She uh, never forgot it. No, that threw her <laughs> threw her for a loop. She's Shout a trooper, out. though. Yeah, yeah. She was a she was a. I liked her, man. She was cool. She was a trooper. I mean, uh, uh, she was down to stick stick it out, but eventually, I lied to her and told her that I was using heroin again just so she would get away from me because I was like, she doesn't need this in her life, and it seems like she's doing really good now. So it does. And honestly, you weren't your best self when you were with her. No, um, she wasn't great for you, but no, she was we, a cool chick. Yeah, we didn't have a lot in common. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we had two different personalities, value different things and things like if that. I, if I think honestly back to those times, I think what you talked the most about loving was probably that booty. That booty. Oh, yeah, it was the best. It was. Well, yeah. maybe second best. Uh, 
but it was right up there. It's yeah, it's 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 so weird. That was uh, that when I was in high school, that was my type. And when I was younger, you know, I liked the the skinny chicks. And now I uh, got it's probably gonna make me sound like an asshole, but you know, you know my my type. We've is, covered it before. Is uh, <laughs> the thick yeah thicker thicker gals? Uh, can't yeah can't argue with that. Yeah. It, it but they're all good you know just just be healthy yeah just be healthy it's weird too because you could like you could see what a person's natural body type is supposed to be by looking at their bone structure and how they carry themselves and when a person who should be a thicky is like all is too skinny yeah they look gross yeah male or woman i'm, I'm not even saying like sexually but just like aesthetically mm-hmm. and vice versa a person who's naturally really slender puts on a bunch of muscle. Yeah. They look weird. Right. It doesn't work. Um, like you got to work with what the God gave you. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah. And I really, I really don't judge. My mom struggled with weight issues, uh, through her whole life and ended up losing well over a hundred pounds. I mean, and just one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen, uh, was absolutely blown away that she was able to do that. Worked her ass off to do it. Uh, and really controlled, was able to control herself. But, uh, you know, I was talking to Melissa the other day and she said, Jeff, uh, when you, you get back out to this dating world, you're going to have to understand that some girls are going to be, uh, intimidated by you. They might think that they're, they've heard the rumors. They might body shame themselves. Uh, Oh no, my vagina's too small. Well, they all are, (laughs) but, Uh, um, we kid, but, uh, yeah, you got, you, you can only joke about stuff. Um, but I'm not going to take my pants off. Just so we're clear, keeping them on in here. I highly recommend taking your time on that. I was just talking with our other friend the other day about that. Um, no, nah, I won't say it. What? But, no, go ahead. Well, you I was going to tell you who it was, but then I was like, nah, for privacy's sake, I better not. Can you mouth it? You know who it was. But um, my point was, well, he was oh, gotcha. he gotcha. was just saying how much he he would really like to get some uh, some action in that mm-hmm. department, and I thought that he should go slow and wait and try it and like because he's there's a new relationship. Easy for you to say. Growing it is, uh, <laughs> but it's easy for me to say because I've I've tried both and right. I I've seen what worked better for me. Yeah, it's was better. It's better to wait. Time. It is. It really is. Especially as the guy, it, 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 if you're the guy, I think it's it's a way better play to take it slow yeah let her be the aggressor right well that's that's usually what has happened to me throughout my life uh every every couple of years a girl's just like you uh and there's a lot of physical chemistry there and uh, that makes it easy to get started mm-hmm. um yeah aggressive aggressiveness is nice but then you you get lost and think that lust is love and, and very different uh, um you know there's there's obviously a lot more to it than that but I haven't had one of them in quite a while. I say you're due, man. I think I'm due too. Get out there and find you a new booty. Yeah, I'm gonna look for it. Absolutely, full throttle. And uh, well, wish me the best. But uh, actually, uh, when I was talking to our friend the other day, he was he was like, uh, "My balls hurt." I was like your balls hurt. They'll do that. Why? Why do your balls hurt? And then I was, oh, and blue balls is a real thing. In case the ladies are wondering, it's it. It's they real. don't believe you, man. No, well, they don't have to. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take it away from it. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, that's one of those things that I think that a lot of women. Uh, it's just one of those things that because they've never experienced it, they won't ever experience it. They kind of half think it's made up. Kind of like I don't know, having it hurt when you get kicked in the nuts or postpartum depression. 
it makes me wonder if they get like wet vagina you know like they get stimulated and then it that doesn't go away no i i think that's always a positive hmm. yeah i don't know I though don't know. I don't know. No, it's really not my area of expertise yeah 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 i've noticed that most of the time um when you try to interview women about what it's like to have a wet vagina they don't really want to talk about it yeah on on you know recorded shows <laughs> i don't want to talk about my dick on a recorded show but people want to hear about it yeah man that's a you know and the, the how the, often do people bring up your penis a lot and the worst part verbally about, obviously not physically yeah well how no. often do they bring it up physically not in a while okay. nobody's brought it up physically in a while but i'm looking for one but uh, the worst part about it is it, it sets this, like they think I'm Mandingo or something like that. It sets this unrealistic expectation and just total transparency Like you're just some here. kind of a fuck beast? Right. Well, you uh, probably are. Well, I've been, I have been for, I've been boy toys for uh, a few girls and I've been, um, God, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I've been backdoor man a couple times, broken some homes. Now, are you referring to anal or? Uh, no. Okay. No, not doing that. Yeah. What do you mean by backdoor man? Just uh, the uh, they hide me. Uh, oh, you're you're the sneaky guy. They're living a life, and Sancho. I'm just I'm just the guy. They're you're the milkman. Yeah, they're gonna fuck on the side real quick. Uh, like it's it. At first, I was okay with it, and I've done it a couple times. But but then it just made me think like, oh, I'm good enough to sleep with. But uh, that's it. Like, is that all I'm good you want, for? You want to be the guy she takes home to mama? Yeah, and that goes back into the thing about. You know, I was talking about with fishing and working out, like there's more to me than just my body. And you're and, a very complex being. And to be honest, like my Jimmy is not even that big. I mean, it's, it's pretty not, big. It's t- total transparency here. It's all right size. It's not, it, I just call it big, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, well, you wear some shorts that are total transparency it's not and huge. it's kind of big. I wear it's, it's big I mean, enough to make me not want to ever work out with you in tight clothes. <laughs> I, I wear spandex when I work out. I usually wear shorts. I ne- you never see me just in spandex, though. I don't do that. I have. When? It, I don't do it. Maybe when I'm by myself or something, just for a laundry. Hey, man, it's your body. There's issue. nothing you can do about it. You don't have to apologize for I your enormous so penis. I sweat so much. Well, I'm not going to apologize for it. But like I said, it's unless not, you hurt somebody, you should apologize. It's not. You I'm, son of a I'm bitch. sure there are people in this community who have a bigger Jimmy than I do. That's what, you that's heard it here I, first, folks. That's just what I'm going to say. So if you think you're that guy, come on down to Jeff Hilton's house and show it to him. No, please. He wants to know. Please don't. In fact, I can say this. There are a couple people in the fish community who I've seen, and I'm like, oh, like he's bigger than me. Why do I have to get that label? I uh, ha- There's a friend. Got you, could be talking, you could be talking about this actual person, but um, there's a guy who's, who is in the fishing community who d- would like pull it out often when we were younger, and I, I did see it one time because he had it just like out at the kite festival or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, I... I yeah, I didn't like guys whipping out their cocks. No, I'm not. Uh, and when I was younger, people I'd be like, "Jeff, let's let's see it." And uh, I would, I was still, I didn't like doing it, and I was still so like self conscious that I'd be like, "Oh, hold on, I gotta go like fluff it up real quick." Just to, yeah. Uh, but I got branded with that in high school, and it just hasn't. Well, imagine if people saw away. it when it was in storage mode. It's it doesn't it's not very impressive in storage. And None like I said, it's are. not even that impressive when it's when it's hard. It's not, you know, we said we weren't going to talk about my dick. Oh, I we've know. Been we, on this we're, we kind of veered about, into penis uh, territory. And, uh, ladies, like, you'll be well, disappointed if you think it's huge. So, <sighs> anyway. That remains to be seen. But let's anyway, move on. about this uh, anxiety and mental health uh, stuff. I feel kind of refreshed after just talking about it a little bit. It was a nice change of pace. 
Yeah. Uh, that that mental stuff can be heavy because it's it's something that I I mean it's me. It is me. It's part of me. So it, it can get. You get very, tired of thinking about it, huh? Yeah, and you can just think about it. I mean, ad nauseum, just over and over again. And it's it's sometimes it's hard to feel grounded when when that's what's going on. And you're not going to come to a solution with it. Nothing's. You're not just going to be able to do a couple things, take a couple steps, and everything's going to be better. It's a. It's kind of like faith with God. It's a lifetime, and you know, fitness for me. It's a lifetime journey. Yeah. And it's never gonna. It's and you never, figure it out as you go. It's never going to end, but where I am right now is just trying to own it and to um, live one life and just be myself in any situation and every situation. Um, That's the most authentic and true way to live. I, I really, truly believe that truth will lead to the best outcome. I think I stole that from Jordan Peterson. Shout out Jordan Peterson. That's a good one. But it's true. So like even in times when... I really don't want to tell the truth. And and normally in my past, that would have been really easy for me to lie. Even white lies now. I'm like, well, I think it'll probably be better if I just tell the truth. And all that, just that fucking fear that you're going to get found out. Yeah. Uh, and whether it's a white lie, whether, like whether you're talking about things that you're interested in or whether you liked somebody's lasagna or whatever, I don't lie. I, I, if I can help it, I try so hard not to lie. You're an honest person. It's really hard, but um, and I'm sure I, 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 I'm sure I still lie. Everybody lies. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, but I wouldn't not consider to. you a liar. Like I'm a, I'm a liar and a manipulator. I don't, I don't know, man. I think that it's. But you are, you are. A, I don't think that it's person. fair to label yourself that way, uh, because there, you got to define that. Well, that's interesting because. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to start an argument, but that's how I see myself. I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's actually where I'm going. So, like. Y- Anybody can label themselves that way because to be a liar and a manipulator, the only prerequisites are that you have lied and manipulated, and who hasn't? Right. But to put that label on yourself, we, we believe what we tell ourselves about ourselves. That's why self-talk is so important, and it's also pretty easy to do once you get the hang of it. I don't think you're in the habit of loving yourself. You don't let yourself um, – you don't treat – like if you treated me the way you treat yourself – we would have stopped being friends 20 years ago. But you treat me well, like, for the most part. And sure, you've made mistakes, and I've made mistakes, and but our friendship has persisted because you treat me with love. Like, I, can, I know you love me, yeah. and you know I love you. Yeah. And, like, I would do anything for you. And that, it, I don't think it'll ever change. Like, and I've said that to people when we've been, like, going through rough patches where yeah. where we're... Actually, our rough patches are weird. They're not even like, we're, we're not mad at each other. We're just like not talking at a time because we need to not talk. Yeah. Um, and I always have just been like, yeah, whatever. I'll just, we'll get over it. It'll be fine. Was, yeah. I've never worried that that our friendship was over because of any kind of thing like that. Just because we're we're honest with each other about where we're at. And it's important. If I remember correctly, we were kind of going through one of those phases that night I called you in Portland. We weren't really talking. Uh-huh. Uh, I had moved from Astoria. Uh, and maybe it wasn't anything bad, but we were just distant. And we weren't really talking. Oh, shit. I just remembered something. But I, I got drunk and called you in the middle of the night during this police standoff. And you left me a voicemail. When I woke up in the hospital uh, and they were allowed me to, they were, you know, they told me what was going on uh, and they allowed people to see me, you were there. And I, I'll, and that's, I can't, I mean, I, I got to try and tell you how much that means to me. It was just, uh, it made me feel safe. It's like, oh, thank God, Jeff's here. My mom's here. 
like poor poor hillary's here <laughs> but as weird as it is dude it made me feel safe so i when i got there i was sitting in the waiting room with i think your mom and hillary and i didn't call her by the way really yeah and i could see you through a little tiny window there was that kind of glass that has the wires through it yep and um you're sitting on this edge of this it's it was it's hard to call it a bed but it was like a table padded steel yeah, padded, padded steel table, table. And it was a padded room, and there's blood all over the place, and um, it just looked like s- the saddest, like most uncomfortable place to be. And like thinking of you being there was a really uncomfortable feeling, and like knowing that that was where you're at. And then the second I walked into that room, and I was I was actually surprised that they let me in because I th- I thought you were like under arrest, but um, no, they, they told me that uh, I wasn't restrained at all. But then I had to go pee. So the, the nurse opened up the door to let bring me out to go pee. And I guess I just barred straight out. Oh, the I, night before? Yeah, while I was at the hospital. Uh-huh. And I just, I saw the door open and I was all, you know, drunk and stuff. And just barged through the door. And uh, Man, you must have been terrifying there to was a bunch people. of That's what they said. They said the nurse got very scared. And so they brought the, I think they said six, six deputies in. And uh, I don't blame them. Yeah. Well, that's not the guy I saw the next morning. Uh, defeated. Broken. Yeah. But once I got in that room and we were both just sitting there on that bed, we didn't even talk much. We were just hanging out. Uh, I was probably in there for 20 minutes. Yeah. And um, it, the vibe in the room was good. It was like, it felt like it is right now. Like, I just remember feeling like, all right, it's going to be okay. I just needed your, He's your gonna presence be okay. and your energy. You know, you talk about how I can deal with uh, people who are grieving. You know, you, like you said, you didn't even say anything and you, you didn't really, I'm sure you didn't know what to say or what to do, but. I get crazy, man. Naturally, I get it. you were the person that I needed to be, right. I, I could, I knew that you might not know exactly what's going on with me right now, but you get it. Yeah. And uh, I, the part of that is like knowing that you don't have to know exactly what it is. You just know that something's not working right and you just be there with it. You be present. Well, that situation really set me back a ways just because after that they put me upstairs and I was I was forced to be in a hospital for 72 hours like if I was to leave they were going to stop me uh and I was in there and it was like 15 minute uh welfare checks and uh, I was up on the floor with people talking to the walls and people talking to imaginary people and only thing I could think of was if I'm here with these people what does that say about me yeah, what you should have been thinking was, I don't belong here. The whole time the whole time I was just trying to accept the fact that I did belong there, and I was trying to wrap my head around that. And it, yeah. really, it really was very detrimental to me. I mean, obviously, I put myself in that situation. People had to do, like you said, that, the, the system's not perfect, but it's what... It's what we have. It's what we have. And, yeah. and, uh, it, and that's true. They're, they're, if they had a lot more money to throw at mental health, they could separate it out completely or mostly from the legal system. Right. Uh, and really help a lot more people. The jails shouldn't be full of crazy people. No. It, no. it shouldn't be full of drug addicts. No. But it it's sh- tough when they're committing crimes. But like, you got to you know, put them somewhere. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You can't have them out on the streets making havoc. We're going like, to It's something that as a society we're going to have to just try and get better at. We're a lot we better will. than we were 100 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we can just keep that progress going. But unfortunately, uh, the sad reality is that they're going to be victims of that and people are you know people aren't going to make it or people are going to get you know bad things are going to happen anytime there's these massive shifts in how we do things on a big scale yeah there's some people who fall through the cracks 
people who don't adjust to the new system as well, people who are benefiting from the old system. It's like, man, that's why it's so hard to make changes in a country where we're just so big because there's always people resisting it. There's always some people who like the way it is now. Well, and with the social media and the way it is, you know, back in the 1940s or 50s, if 1% of the population had an opinion, you never heard it. Exactly. It had no way of getting out there. But now, even if it's a 0.01% of the population that has an opinion, as long as they just pound that social media, I mean, they can put them, themselves out there and make their voice heard. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, everybody's hearing everybody. And, and the crazier the idea, the further it spreads. Right. Because that's the stuff that's rewarded by the algorithm. It's true. Yep. Yeah, that led to some pretty strange occurrences in the last couple of years. I mean, we could do that with the podcast. We just started spitting out some crazy nonsense and bullshit. It'd probably get, you know, your podcast would probably get a lot popular than it is if you just started saying all kinds of crazy nonsense. Yeah. That got people, that was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Provocative. Yep. Just provoke them, rile them up. Yep. But that's not the kind of attention I want. No. I need to not get that. Well, we talked about this before you did the podcast, that no matter what, you just got to be genuine. Yeah. And that's and I think you've done a really good good job of that, of being genuine. And I think the people that you have had on here have done a really good job of being genuine and being themselves. And everybody's got their own level of what they're willing to you know, put out there. Yeah. And uh, as you've experienced, there, there's a chance you could say some things that people might not be too happy about. Not everyone's filter is the same. No. And not everybody's threshold for inappropriate talk is the same right mine is really high yeah i i can throw a lot out there before i start feeling uncomfortable yep. most people probably aren't that that's probably why we click and why two hours just flies by because i'm i'm doing almost no monitoring i'm just letting stuff flow yeah, um whereas if i'm in here with somebody who's a little more reserved or a little less willing to go down those dark roads you have to carry it a little bit yeah and i have to not go down the dark roads right i have you to kind of try yourself. to keep it a little more surface level yeah um, dude, it's learning how to interview people has been so fun because they're so different. It's, it's way different to interview one person versus another, even like different from my expectations and different from one another. It's been a great experience. That's really where I'm going to go with this is more towards the interview side. The, the solo podcasts were, uh, they were intentional to teach me how to podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to have something to record. I, w- I wanted to record something so I'd have something to edit and produce. So that's what those were for. They're temporary. They won't, they won't be the thing that I end up focusing on. Because I said it from the beginning, I'm not going to put a whole lot into the content on those episodes just because I can't. I have to put my energy into other things. And so right now, the most important thing is to learn how to fucking podcast. You know, yeah. like I got to learn how to use this audio software. I got to learn how to produce and market and it's just so many layers of complexity that I didn't have time to work on those content wise because like if it if in a perfect world I would spend a week just like coming up with really good topics doing research getting quotes get just like really doing the thing yeah and which I do want to do someday I think that sounds like a lot of fun to do a really well-researched good chance you'll get there in-depth show yeah um but right now, I, it's just not practical. I can't do that. Yeah, it takes me a week to edit these things when it's the interview, and just to take out the the ums and the the braces noises. Yeah, I threw a lot of ums in today. There was a lot That's of okay. uhs, uhs and ohs. Uh, but yeah, and you got a full time job, and your house is all torn apart. Like it's tough. Uh, but Lots the interviews are, I think, are fantastic, especially in the small town, because uh, everybody knows it's everybody. Uh, 
and a lot of what's out there about people is is bullshit or or you know the way, way the rumor mill works in this town mm-hmm. uh and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to hear people in their own words yeah uh and i think a lot of people are interested because you're like man i've known that person my whole life uh and i i, I think it's uh unique that it's kind of contained in the small town and, and everybody knows each other outside of the podcast. And when you hear uh, one of the interviews, you're like, oh, I have a certain relationship with that person. And then you hear their side of life and, you know, maybe it changes what yeah. you thought about them. Like, oh, well, that's different than I expected. Yeah, throw some honesty out in there. Yeah, honesty's so it, good. It's fantastic. I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing for the community. And, you know, I'm not on social media too much yet i mean I'll, that'll change but it sounds like the reviews are all i haven't heard anything say anything bad about it i'm sure not everybody loves it but that you can't please everybody yeah well i haven't heard them you know they didn't care they haven't cared enough to say it to me the thing about podcasting that's really great and makes me feel a lot of relief is the fact that anybody who doesn't like it just turn it off yeah you don't have a- to listen to including it, including my family like especially my family if this is not what you want to hear then don't listen to it You don't have any obligation to me to listen to this show. Nobody does. Um, I'm going to make it either way. So I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that it's something that can bring some good things into your life, and I hope it makes you smile, really. I just want to make you laugh. I don't know who you are, but I love you, and I want you to be happy. I want you to laugh. So I'm going to say some shit that might make you laugh and might make you mad, and hopefully more often than not it makes you laugh. Um, But, you know, I'm not a professional comedian. I, I don't... No, but it got it comes naturally to you, man. You got a good zany wit. You got a quick. You got it. a quick wit. Quit it. Uh, you're a great storyteller. This guy trying to uh, fuck me. What was that Juan Hernandez, the cock master you wrote back in the day? And, what? Uh, yeah, that uh, you don't remember that the story the about the master. Juan Hernandez, the cock master, the chicken fighter. I forgot who, all about Juan Hernandez, the cock master. Partook in uh, cockfighting. Um, was, was that, that seventh or eighth grade? I want to say it was, was bishops. It was, it was it bishops was class. I know that. Um, nobody was coming up saying things like that. Like that was so original was and creative. And it's not just that you have the idea, but you're able to extrapolate the idea and throw in so many details and nuances into it. And I've seen, I've seen you use that in numerous ways, so most of the time for good, but I've seen you roast some people and, and some of the most funny, you know, just like, well, you're, you're flipping each other shit. You know, like I was talking about your hat. Like, I don't want to get into a given shit argument or uh, conversation with you because, uh, man, you're good. You're Dude, witty. the thing is, too, that I, I can only do that with people who I'm really close to. Yeah. Because it's... Uh, I've never seen you use it for evil. Oh, I... Yeah, I try not to. I have um, been mean on purpose and yeah. tried to hurt people, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never felt good about it. It's mostly in relationships, honestly, just fights. But... Um, that's not the guy I want to be. No. I used to take pride in it, being mm-hmm. just the guy who could just, I could take anything you could throw at me. You want to call me fat or talk about my acne or the fact that, you know, no one wants to date me. That's fine. This I'm thinking back to when I was proud of my meanness. Now you're a wanted man. Dude, when I stopped trying to be mean, uh, my <laughs> life got a lot better. That's weird. <laughs> but I the, that. But yeah, I used to take pride in it. I would be like, "All right, yeah, make fun of me however you want. I'm gonna win this thing. You and you, I'm gonna make you cry. You would, and even even when you point things out to me uh, without even like trying to be. You're just we're just having conversations. You point things out to me. You do it in a way that uh, puts a giggle on my, you know. I try giggle in my gut, smile on my face. Um, Dude, we're all we're all a joke. 
it's a funny thing we do that we take ourselves so seriously that we think we're not animals, that you can't laugh at a poop joke or, you know, we, we got to pretend sometimes that. We I, don't do what we do. Yeah, that we don't do what we do. I really like to take the, the lid off of that and just be like, yeah, most of us like to come. Most of us take a shit every day. Most <laughs> of us are human. And like there's something. Comedy is, is about being relatable. Yeah. Like that's the stuff that I find funny are the things that when somebody does a, a bit, a stand up bit that I have never heard anyone talk about before, like about something that I've never heard anyone else discuss in words, but I've thought about hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. um, that's the killers right there. That's the joke I like to hear because it just like, man, there's nothing like that feeling when something just hits yeah. and you just laugh so fucking hard. That's the best. I like uh, the new Dave Chappelle stuff. Oh yeah, his think, stuff's great. I think been, his new stuff's been been fantastic. But I said that to my dad. Oh, probably three years ago. It's like, because I was like, I'm a weirdo, and I was like, Dad, and he's like, You're not weird, and I'm like, Yeah, I am weird. You're a weirdo too, and he got all like, I take that back. I am not weird. And I'm like, Yeah, you are. Like, you own a funeral home. You like trains, uh, and you spend <laughs> all your time out in the garage playing around with turn of the century printing presses that nobody even knows exists anymore. Like. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird in a good way. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's, it's specific. But it's odd. It is. It's and unusual. It, and a lot of people are are uh, odd. I I kind of take a little bit of pride in my not being able to fit into a box. Like my. Me too. You know, I like. Uh, I don't know. I'm a part time fisherman who works out, but at the same time, like I terrified of flying commercially and. Uh, I and commitment. I like old school classic country music, like George Jones, and I like really hard heavy metal like in flames are at the gates and that's me and jj talked about that musical genre a little bit he's pretty into the stuff you like is he yeah the hard well, I'm rock very metal type. i'm a snob about it i'm very uh selective oh uh, really i like most of the european like i'm a big fan of the european stuff uh like they call it the Gothenburg sound. It came out of Sweden. Um, what I about like, like Rob Zombie and all those the old classics. Yeah, see that that kind of stuff's not not so much for me. Like I I really don't like Slipknot or Five Finger Death Punch or. Um, Have you ever been into it? Or did you just burn out or what? Never was never was into it. I don't really know what I can't. I that's a genre I cannot identify by ear. Right, and it's 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 tough. But the stuff I like is all about. Uh, I mean, you hear a lot more of that that kind of screaming, but it's it's more focused around the. The uh, instrument playing, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff with two lead guitarists and things that actually have melody and harmony. Um, so it's and, complexity built in. Yeah, um, yeah, and you don't really see that a lot in the American uh, music scene, especially like the rock scene, the commercialized rock scene that you have to, that you is so easy to access. Like if you listen to what's on 93.3, for instance, or anything like that. But uh, there's still some bands in America that, uh, you know that i enjoy but uh most of the stuff that i like has already been made i'm a huge fan of like the 90s grunge alice in chains and that stuff never gets old to me but man i love the classic country nobody can sing like george jones yeah there's some good stuff from back then yeah my musical taste changes often and it's kind of widespread like bounces around a lot of different genres last couple of years man it's been hip-hop and r&b what are you into right now SZA. i, I she is uh ask. yeah it's it's a she huh yeah okay it's s z a what um, the, what's the genre what would you R &B. classify it as r and b um yeah i i think if if SZA and frank ocean did a collab it'd be the greatest album of all time i've heard of frank ocean but i see i don't even have a frame of reference here with what you're talking about i've never listened to that kind of stuff uh 
You I, probably wouldn't like it, man. It's nothing like the stuff you're talking about. There's there's plenty of music that you like that I haven't liked. Like I remember that Kendrick Lamar album that came out. I love it. And we were listening to it. That one's still in my rotation to every this day, day. Up to it just doesn't speak to me. I didn't I didn't like it, but it's it's in, I think it's important not to. I try hard not to to judge. People like what they like. I understand that people don't like a lot of stuff. I what like about Drake. I listened to a lot of Drake with I you like, in the truck. Yeah. Do you like Drake? Yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of have this philosophy with. This rule applies to all music. I like any music. I'm just very selective of it, and I don't subscribe to any genre or artist completely. Uh huh. Me uh, too. There's plenty of Alice in Chains songs where I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is shit. And there's plenty of classic country. I'm like, well, no reason they quit making it. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, there's some Drake songs that I really like. There's some Drake songs I like working out to, and uh, there's plenty of rap and stuff that. You got uh, some real hitters. I'm just uh, like, if you were to look at my new smartphone and look at the. Uh, music i've been listening to on there it's all over the place Uh Um, and i kind of do that i mean that's how i feel politically you know i I don't subscribe to one um, one party or anything like that i don't just i don't i don't just follow anything blind i'm discouraged Uh, about politics oh it's it's, i'm glad we haven't talked about that in this show it's it's, like what's there to talk about it's it's fucking broken and ruined it sucks and it, it people are so hurt like the the populace is hurt you can yeah. tell by yeah. the government they're like they don't trust them anymore things uh, let's just i don't even want to talk about it man let's move on yeah people are very mean too when it comes to and everybody's so convinced that they know what's going on it's because on. they're hurt yeah they're they feel betrayed or and everybody's been hurt by somebody else and these echo chambers online are not helping the situation no. i let's just I, please I, be I nice to each other no nope, we're, right, we're done we're done um I, I feel like I'll get on a, a soapbox again and just start. It's, that's what I mean. It's easy to do. It's like a drug. It is. But, oh, wow, dude. We've already talked for two hours and 11 minutes. Um, let's wrap it. Let's wrap this up. This was really a random podcast, but I it's been great, man. This has this flown by. I, I Thank you so much for coming over. No, I was uh, happy to do it. Thanks for, this is thanks truly, for inviting me back. I didn't. Uh, this is truly impromptu. Jeff stopped by just to, you know, say hi and see what's going on. And um, we just decided to come out here and do this thing because we've been talking about when we could do a follow-up. Jeff's first episode was was basically a practice. Like, we came in here, sat down and talked just because we got we, we needed to do something to, re- to record something to edit, like I was saying before. But it went off really well. And because it was, f- like, a fake one, it felt... Like, we could say whatever we wanted, um, and I didn't think anyone was listening. They weren't listening at the time. This was before we had a podcast. Right. And then once I put it out and it started getting traction, it's still the most downloaded episode. Oh, I I don't think that reflects any on on me. But I uh, I don't know, man. People connected with it. And I think that something about the the authenticity that we kind of have when we're together and just talking, because we can't bullshit each other. No, and this is how we... It, we this is kind of how we talk i mean it, it's, it's rare exactly that we sit we down talk. and talk like this for two hours yeah but when we do or we have time together this is how we talk and this is what we're talking about and yeah like my dad asked me if it was a good idea to be putting myself out there like this and i had some second thoughts about it me but too. the truth is it i mean this kind of plays into what i was talking about earlier about the accountability and 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 being accountable for your life and who you are and and being honest and real with yourself and uh I mean, I could come on here and try and be funny and talk about some more lighthearted stuff, uh, and I'm sure we could do it, but... Like, it wouldn't come across as real. It's not where my life is right now. My life's in transition and, and really doing some... some Thinking a lot about what's 
what who I am and what I'm doing and where I'm going. And there's not a lot of anything else going on with me right now. So I th- I think that the philosophy behind what we're doing is like if you put yourself out there, you expose the parts of yourself that you don't really like, whether that be in your past or your present. It's a lot harder for people to attack you because you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to put yourself out there. And the only real reason you would have to do so would be because you want to get better and you want to improve and you want to leave a mark on this world that's positive. And I, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I know that's what you're trying to do. And I think people will sense that. It's not, uh, this, we have nothing to gain here. We're just trying to improve. Well, I, 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 this episode, I do have some secondary motives. Uh, like I said, I'm getting back out into that dating scene. Well, yeah, you need to throw an advertisement out so there. So if anybody ever while. wants to comment on the podcast or give me some feedback, it's uh, 24. Uh, we'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you used it a little too much there. Um, that's bad. a great number, though. Easy to remember. Sticking with it. <laughs> Sticking with this one. Gotta keep it. Anyway. All right, man. Well, thank you again for coming. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Gotta go.